0: Well, Matt, this has been Brode, and you're watching Born to Be Cosmo. (laughs) Oh, snap.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome to Born to Be Cosmo, a twice monthly podcast where we talk all things snap try to match our sister podcast born to be wild's professionalism and polish uh although with those intros uh i think maybe we have a a a bit of a ways to go (laughs) (laughs) i i am joined by my talented and handsome co-hosts nate wolf and zombies go nom nom always great to have you guys here there is a ton to talk about since we last met almost about a month ago uh so i just propose we dive right into the news
2: yeah. All right. Welcome to the news. The news is so good.
1: Sorry. <laughs> all right. You and I are going to have to have a talk. Uh, for those for those that are unaware, um, Nate runs another podcast called Born to be Wild, Wild Hearthstone, of which I am a, 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 a longtime spectator of. And that news bumper that Hydralisk, one of the co-hosts of that show created, exists solely to get under my skin. <laughs> so I, 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 I guess now it's a thing here, too. <laughs> um, I said we were going to jump right in, and now I'm ranting about the news bumper. So why don't you uh, take us off, Nate? All
2: right, we got a lot of news. We can go through it rather quickly, some of it anyhow. So we uh, are just in time for a new season. So on March 6th, we started a brand new season of Snap with Days of Future Past. This is a major X-Men storyline for for you comic book nerds here. So this is exciting to see. But new Battle, ca- new battle Pass, new cards, new cosmetics. There's a new cosmetic event that's coming new bundles uh new ranked ladder system same meta um <laughs> <laughs> right oh but,
1: dear yeah there'll, there'll be much to say about that
2: uh with the battle pass here um there so everyone you know the the free the free track or the ten dollar track which gets you um you know the cards and stuff or the 15 dollar track which advances you the first 10 levels um i found to be really good if you're collecting um the, the cosmetics and and stuff like that. Um, so the paid,
1: are you still getting that Nate? The, uh, the the enhanced battle pass. Yeah,
2: because it's, it's like, it's five extra bucks, but I'm finding myself usually hitting around like a hundred or something on the track. And so having the extra cosmetics and stuff is kind of cool, especially because I don't typically buy them in the shop unless it's one that I like really, really want. And so, and I've opened some really cool ones that way. I think that the, it's a good price point. If it was any more, I probably wouldn't, but yeah. it, it buys you basically like probably a week. So it, it's pretty nice to get advanced. Um,
0: yeah, it's not bad. I mean, if you get like half decent luck, even if you don't roll a variant, if you just get some credits and gold, it kind of, I think it is often better value than just like what you get with $5 of gold. So yeah,
2: yeah. I, I found it's been pretty helpful and the price point seems worth to me. So uh anyhow this this the the paid pass includes the nimrod card the new card uh two two new card backs so a sentinel card back and an x-men card back um sentinel and wolverine variants and then a variant for the nimrod card it's the dan hip version i wish that they would have done this when we had um uh babu zabu yeah i was thinking bad yeah. zabu um because i loved that one but uh anyways i don't think we, that
0: one's out yet either i don't think no. that one's released
2: oh okay See, we we the problem with the data mining is we see it all so early but yeah um but dan hip nimrod and then some avatars um standard season uh four, four weeks worth of length and then, of course, the new card here is Nimrod. I've got the Dan Hip version up on the screen. And so this is a five energy, five power that reads when this is destroyed, add a copy to each other location. Um, so it's an interesting card. Uh, this, the synergies, you could see it with Galactus, you could see it with Destroyer or some kind of ramp. I've seen people do things kind of like you would do with um, Black Panther if you want to, like, you buff it and then you do the. Uh, Arnim thing where you, you know, you're breaking it and rebuilding it and, and it, it's like propagating. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I think kind of as an interesting discussion point, depending on where you hit with the ladder, like we had two months back to back, right. Where we had Zabu and then silver surfer, which were like super high meta impact cards. And, and now we're starting to kind of get away from that. I know we were talking early in the month and like nobody had seen Nimrod except me. Right. And, uh, I, so I finished last month at rank 75 and and then the reset happened and I started playing with this car right away and I actually saw kind of a lot of it, but I think it's just based on my MMR range or ELO range or whatever it is. And you guys were saying like, Oh, you know, nobody's playing it. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And I think that it's not super competitive, um, but it's, it's fun. I've seen it tried out in, in, um, Shuri decks, which of course I've got Shuri pinned right now, but I don't have I've been waiting for it for a long time. Um, but I think if you're going to play Nimrod, you have to buff it first. And like the poor man Shuri is like forge, which is just bad, right? It, it, it only buffs it a tiny bit and it's just not worth I've seen some, some destroy kind of decks with, with like carnage and venom and stuff do like, okay, but it's just funky. Um, so I, I I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see, have you guys tried this card? Have you, have you played around with it? What are your thoughts on it? It's definitely not busted. I don't, I don't think, but,
0: um, no, um, it's so like, I really like the design of Nimrod as a card. I think it's really sweet. Uh, Cool effect, fun little build around. I think it kind of hits the sweet spot for what you want most of your season pass cards to be. Kind of like MODOK in a way where it's like, it's not warping the game around it like uh, Surfer and Zabu kind of did. But it still provides like an interesting thing for people to experiment with. Uh, But I sent sent a a meme I posted if you want to pull it up, Nate. So, like, we were talking about this before the show. And uh, you're like, oh, you know, I've seen a decent bit of Nimrod. I've been playing it. It's been going kind of all right. And so I tried to play it uh, on release or whatever, and I made it about an hour. I think I think I made it about an hour trying Nimrod stuff. You don't say I... a full hour. <laughs> yeah, a whole hour. Longer than most. <laughs> I had to to stop. And uh, that the, the meme here is why. We have two roads here for the Marvel Snap season this month. Playing Nimrod and winning games. Um, choose wisely. <laughs> so you have that's... those labels. <laughs> yeah. Uh so the the funny thing here is just like can you win with Nimrod? Yes. It's not like Nimrod's like the worst card in the world or anything. The the issue, and we're gonna go into it more when we talk about the the metagame and whatnot, is he just really can't reasonably compete very well with the two most popular decks uh they i mean Shturi alone really shuts down nimrod between cosmo and armor it just makes it very challenging for you to do your nimrod stuff and then thanos just has so much power uh that like it's hard to keep up with them even when you draw like your perfect nimrod combo it can uh it can be just difficult to outpower them, so it's not. A, and also leech, like you can just get your thing leeched if they cheat out leech. Um, so I've seen some builds people have been having success success with. It's not impossible, but it's uh, you're 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 in for an uphill battle, which is it's not exclusive to Nimrod. I don't think this is saying like oh Nimrod is bad. It's really not. I think it's a pretty reasonable and interesting card. It's just like. The bar is so high to compete with the Thanos deck and the Sherry deck right now, it's it's just hard for like the vast majority of decks. Um, And I think Nimrod's kind of caught up there.
1: So I I have a confession, guys. Are are you ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have not played a single game with Nimrod. Not one. (laughs) Well, okay. I've only I've only played one deck this season so far. I think that I'm a bad person.
2: If you're gonna build it, it basically the the only version of it to me that seems anywhere near viable is like you take the shuri deck and yeah. you just throw it in there right um mm-hmm. and so and that's the list that i that i see winning right and that's the one that we're talking about in chat here yeah. as well that's so that's what i've
0: seen too um, is you you have the shuri backbone and then you have nimrod as kind of an alternate wincon which, if, given the the meta, I think that's probably the smartest way to go with the card
1: right now. So you think that's better than than the destroyer route? That's more of a meme. cuz oh, that seems. I that believe seemed... it
0: has the destroyer in this one, um, or so at does least it? The, the one I saw. You. So it's like the Sherry package, but I believe you add in Electro Destroyer and Nimrod in in mm-hmm. place of I think like the one drops maybe. Uh, I I don't. I haven't played it very much. I only saw other people talking about it. Um, but when, if I recall correctly, it's just small little Nimrod package in the Sherry shell, which uh, honestly makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully um, with the upcoming balance changes, people will be more open to exploring uh, with it, perhaps without the looming threat of being leeched and just being shut down. So it, it's an interesting card. I, I certainly have not avoided playing it because it's something that I dislike i think it's a fun effect um just you know like you said we're depending on where you are in ladder um it's a two deck meta and i i feel compelled to climb although maybe that's the the wrong attitude to take it's it's the one that i've taken so far this season so yeah uh maybe maybe uh towards the end of the month i'll get to finally Pick the dust off Nimrod. Maybe by then I'll have a good dab and hip variant. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll get to rock it out.
0: Hey, there it we go. It is worth mentioning, like, like you just said there, like that this can depend greatly, like where you're at on the ladder. Like I was watching a friend of the show here, Binks uh, the other night, and I think he was in the forties or the fifties and he was having a lot more success with Nimrod because it wasn't quite as, like overpopulated with Shuri and Thanos, like has been my experience. So this isn't necessarily the case for all parts of ladder, but like in just my experience going from seventy to infinite this season, I, I can probably count on one hand the amount of Nimrod I've ran into. Um and
2: uh Oh hundred yeah. percent. I mean I think we'll we'll get there later. Let's let's jam through a little bit more of the news and I think we've got a mm-hmm. pretty a pretty pumped discussion on on the latter um that, that'll yeah. be pretty interesting we do have a couple of new cards here though if we wanted to take a look at those
1: and it's yeah. it a little more optimistic cuz i think that this month's cards are uh, a little bit more exciting than last month's
2: agreed
0: agreed so new cards dropping this month uh, i'm pretty pumped about this you know i i think january was kind of a a bit of a lackluster month for new cards february had some neat ones i think the one most people were excited for was kang Uh, Because he was the new big bad and had a very interesting effect. Uh, But I think this month in March is really the the most exciting release of cards we've had so far in the new year. Uh, So first up, we are having MODOK. MODOK's making his way to Series 5. I believe that's already happened with the the release of the new season. Uh, Or last week, I think that happened. Uh, So now if you didn't get MODOK in the battle pass, you can get him through Series 5. So uh, I'd probably recommend waiting for him to drop down. I think there are other Series 5s to go for first, but if you want him, he's there. Uh, Then this coming week, we have Master Mold dropping. Master Mold is a 2 cost, 2 power. On reveal, add 2 Sentinels to your opponent's hand. Uh, I like the design of this card a lot. Fun fact, the earlier version of it before release was actually a 3 cost, 3 power that added 3 Sentinels. Wow. I think this change is actually better. Because uh, it being a two-mana card I think is going to make it quite a bit more competitive, and I don't think you're really missing the extra stat or extra sentinel a whole lot. Uh, this one definitely seems like it could be a boost for Darkhawk-style decks, other way to fill up their hand so they don't draw a card, uh, and that way you can capitalize on the Darkhawk or, uh, oh, what's his name, the the inverse dino. Um Ronin. Ronan, thank
1: you. Ronan stonks.
2: Yeah,
0: Ronan stonks going up. Make their hand big and then play the big dude.
2: Oh, let so, me ask you your new like noob noob question here. But uh, how what is the hand size limit for those people seven. who don't know? Okay,
0: seven cards. So, uh, it, I actually think it's really neat if uh, your opponent's not playing anything out quickly, you can just slam the master mold and then. If they aren't playing stuff, like, their hand's kind of full, and if they play the Sentinel, it's keeping their hand full, so if, like, your opponent's playing, like, a greedier deck, uh, or this could even be good against Thanos, right, because Thanos, almost all the stones cycle, so if you're filling up their hand and they they keep cycling, they're going to, like, be missing their draw on the start of their turn, because they're going to keep their hand at seven, so that can benefit the the Darkhawk stuff. Or uh, another idea, Uh, you could even, let's say, bounce the Master Mold, like uh, Thinjay's mentioning here in chat, and then play it again and give your opponent more Sentinels, and uh, it can be pretty fun. So uh, I I think it's a really sweet card, and I was really excited for this one, but then I saw the other cards that are coming out this month, and I really like those ones too. So I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to actually get Master Mold on release or not, because I think all three cards coming this month are really appealing. Um, the next one of those is, and these are in release order. So Master Mold is coming this coming week. Uh, the following week is Negasonic Teenage Warhead. That is a three cost four power. After any card is played here, destroy this card and that card. So this is really neat. Uh, this actually is another one that got a bit buffed. It used to be a three, two. Now it's a three, four. Yeah, we have
1: the old picture on the, on the screen. So it's, it's indeed a three, four, not a Ooh. three, two. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's uh, it, it's pretty interesting now. Most people are going to be like, oh, well, why does the power matter? You know, the cards are going to blow up. There are two reasons why that matters. One, uh, null potential. It uh, feeds your null a bit better. And the other thing is you can use this card as a deterrent. So sometimes it might not even need to blow up. Just the threat of it being there. Let's say you're ahead in a lane and you slam this card down. If your opponent is not playing like a, a deck with a bunch of cheap stuff where they can just throw something away into that lane, they can't slam their de- Devil Dino down, their Magne- whatever their big thing is, they can't just slam it to win that lane cuz it's going to blow up. So they have to kind of sacrifice something to get that lane and the extra power there gives us a greater chance of actually keeping that lane one if they aren't playing anything there. Uh, Helps with priority situations, so I actually really like that they changed that. I think this card is going to be very helpful against Shuri in particular, because now it kind of gives us a way to slam this in their Cosmo lane. Whereas before, we couldn't really blow up uh, their their big Red Skull, big She-Hulk, whatever, in the Cosmo lane. Now, if we can get it down, and a really neat thing about it, if you have priority, you can slam this, and if you predict where they're playing their card, if they slam it there, you reveal, they reveal, their thing blows up. So I think that's really cool. Um, I, I'm pretty excited for this card. I think there's a lot of different applications for it. Uh, the only downside, right, is that it's, since it's launching in Series 5 it's it's hard for you know anyone to rely on this as like a consistent counter to the sherry deck because accessibility stuff
2: so like sweet um, i'll see it in like three months when it drops down to pool three or yeah. whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah three months until it drops to pool four then probably another couple before it drops to pool three. Yeah. So the five total has been the
0: yeah it's oof. it's rough um i've yeah. and, uh,
1: never mind uh, carry on uh, that's
0: fine <laughs> But the the last card we have here is Kitty Pride. So Kitty Pride is a one cost zero power with the text, you can return this to your hand to gain plus two power. Now, there were a lot of questions uh, about this card because people were wondering, myself included, how does this work exactly? Like, can you... Play Kitty and bounce Kitty, or can you bounce Kitty and play Kitty in the same turn? And uh, we did get some clarification on this from the developers, which was very nice. Uh, it's always nice to kind of know this stuff before the card releases, so people can make a pretty informed decision because those tokens are not growing on trees. Um, but basically, how this works is you play Kitty the first turn. Uh, you can't—I don't think you—you you can't bounce her the turn you play her for the first time. Uh, but once she's on the field, y- you can bounce her to your hand, and then play her in the same turn. So if I play her on one, on turn two, I can pull her back and then play her again on turn two. Wow. Uh, And then she'll get that plus two. Uh, Also, a lot of questions about, hey, what if I bounce Kitty with Beast or Falcon? She will not get the extra plus two. You only get that bonus when you are bouncing her with her own effect. Uh, So that's important to know. But much like Deadpool, there's a cool interaction here where if you bounce Kitty with Beast, she will remain at zero cost for the rest of the game. Uh, Which has been very powerful with Deadpool, and I expect it to be rather powerful with uh, this card. Definitely looks like a pretty big boost to the kind of uh, Bounce Bros deck that has been seeing a bit of play recently, as well as Zoo. I think this is a really, really good Zoo card because zoo vomits their hand out sometimes they have mana to float so the fact that we can just kind of always have something to to grow this helps you dodge killmonger a bit too it's it just seems like a really sweet card and uh, i think I, I ran a poll earlier on in the month and i if i recall correctly i think Kitty and Negasonic were almost tied for the uh the most wanted card after the winning result which is I'm probably saving my tokens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you could well, th- there's some utility here, right? Like I can pull it back so if if there's a lane and they like say I want to play it in my like Sarah Cope deck or whatever like if mm-hmm. if I've got my lane full and they play this big chonker, right? They play a Magneto or whatever. Like I could bounce mm-hmm. her and drop my Shang-Chi like that's kind of sneaky Mm -hmm. i like that
0: it's pretty cool it's i I think it's a really neat design and i was very happy to see that you can bounce it and replay it on the same turn because the card looked a lot worse if you couldn't do that so it was very nice to get some clarification on that
1: i mean a a pretty obvious um interaction is you you bounce it you play it or or even better you you play it into angela you beast Mm -hmm. pull it back and then play it again into Angela, so you can really pump Angela to 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 heights. This is really good, also with Bishop, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, won't work with the Collector because it started in your deck. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. between between Bishop and Angela, you've got like those zoo options. Um, you know, the Beast really pairs well with it. This is the card that I'm getting. I'm 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 getting this when it drops. Uh, I I basically have Kang pinned right now. But I'm gonna skip out on Kang. I'm gonna skip out on Master Mold. Probably gonna skip out on Negasonic. I feel like Negasonic is really strong, but a bit of a tech against decks that go tall. But you know, right now that would be premium. So just saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kitty Pride's the card that I'm most excited for.
2: So the way to get these, right, is and unless they offer some bundle, which we don't think is happening, right? Or or maybe. I, anyways, you you just have to leave your shop open and when it's rotates in you have to pin it and then use your tokens on it
0: uh yeah essentially there, there is also a way you can kind of manipulate this a little bit uh where you can it's a little complicated but there's there's a file you can check for the game and it, it basically it keeps track of where you are in your shop rotation now this really only works efficiently if you've finished all of pool three so you're only getting pool four and pool five cards but if you there's a there's a guide somewhere on snap zone uh and people in the different Discords were talking about, where you can see where your rotation is. So for people like me who are doing content around these cards to kind of try and make sure you get the card when it comes out, you can uh, you can track that, and that way you kind of guarantee it to show up in your shop. Most people probably aren't going to do that, and that's fine. Um, the developers have actually mentioned, I believe, in a patch coming in April... Uh, whenever a new card drops, it's just going to automatically show up in your shop that day. So you don't have to do this silly reading the matrix to figure out when it's going to show up. Uh, so that's a good change coming in the future, uh, but not quite yet. But that is uh, it's going to be helpful because I myself and many other content creators have uh, It's it's been very frustrating. Uh, like one of the things that came up with Kang is a lot of people did this trick. So they're, you know. They, they saw everything in their shop but Kang, and then when it was time for Kang to release, they were expecting Kang to show up, and we all checked our, our shop reset on the reset time, but it dropped, like, 30 minutes late or so, and... <laughs> uh, And so people who were, who had gone through their whole rotation, their whole rotation just reset and now they're, you know, up to the the will of RNG to get that card uh, that they want to showcase. And that's, if you don't know, really, really bad for content creation because due to the the way in this game uh, cards are acquired and how they're hard for people to get, most of the time new cards really, you know, they only excel in content for like a day or two because people want to see if the the hot new toy is (laughs) worth it or not. And then, oftentimes, people don't like watching the new card because it's frustrating to watch a card you can't play with for a long time.
2: I'm gonna set up months. a, yeah, I'm gonna set up a, a soundboard, and anytime someone says RNG, I'm gonna cue the Ben Broad laugh. laugh. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, very fitting, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully uh, you know they have actually said in the next two patches, I think we're gonna be getting some improvements or changes to the token system and the token shop so i'm remaining hopeful that i mean they've talked about it a few times like they need to be more active in making uh the majority of the player base actually get more excited about these new releases and the (laughs) way to do that is to make them you know acquirable without breaking the bank
2: it's sad because i see these and like i didn't even look them up because i knew that Mm -hmm. i wasn't going to be able to play with them and isn't that like the opposite of what you want with new stuff right is that
0: it's total opposite
2: and especially for like the super engaged people to not even be looking at your brand new stuff because they know they can't get it like ah, it just seems so backwards to me anyways for
0: everybody right yeah it's very frustrating as like like i'm someone who likes to play with the new card i bought but i get like punished for that as a creator outside of the first two days because and it reminds me of uh, we talked about this a long time ago back in beta nate like we were really excited looking at all the like when beta just dropped and we like submitted our thing for invites i was watching a bunch of snap and then i had to stop watching it and the reason i had to stop watching it was because the game looked really good and fun and it made me want to play it and i couldn't play it and that was a frustrating experience so i stopped watching it until i got in because I didn't want to watch this thing that I couldn't use, and it's I can, kind of yeah, the same if, thing. If I can't with, have uh, it, yeah, the, the cards, right?
2: Anyways, all right. Well, hey, let's let's talk about some cosmetics, right? There's a there's an event coming up.
0: There is, yes. So we have a variant rush coming up. Uh, for those who were not around in December, there was uh, a winter Winterverse event that was actually coupled with daily login rewards. I don't think we're getting those this time around, uh, but you never know. Uh, But basically, what is a variant rush? Essentially, there are five new variants, and they're going to be available for a limited time. Uh, How you get these is you just open the collector's reserves, and there's always a chance you get a cosmetic, and in that cosmetic slot, there will be a chance for you to get one of these five. Now, they only basically uh, show up during this event. It's possible they could come back in the future, but these aren't things you're going to see in your shop. Uh, they're not going to be something you can just randomly r- acquire outside of this window. Uh, so if you're interested in these ones, uh, that is the time to try and get them. I'm saving my reserves for them right now. Uh, you could also save credits. doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it, this is starting on the 20th, 20th of March, going to the 3rd of April. The cards that... It's actually steampunk themed. And uh, the developers actually said... That this was supposed to come out last season. Because if you remember, the past last season, we had the steampunk Wasp, the steampunk Ant Man.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, this yeah. was
0: actually supposed to be last season. Uh, but I guess there was some issues there with getting it out then, but they still wanted to do it, so they're doing it uh, instead this season. The shocker and, are-
2: and the yellow jacket mm-hmm. are amazing, and the cerebro yeah. is super cursed.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really. Yeah, I I super agree. like shocker, yellow jacket. And I also really like that bishop. The I bishop the- is super cool. Neat. Yeah, like yeah. I just bought the bishop bundle, and I'm not going to use it over that new one. I can't <laughs> like, see the, the blue falcon
2: blue. is too small for me. I just can't see it well it looks enough. Looks pretty
0: but- neat and uh falcon you know maybe we're, we'll see some more of him with uh with kitty pride and the the bounce deck if that gets more popular uh but yeah this is so it's going to be going for about two two-ish weeks or so 14 day event uh and they actually doubled the rates from last time so you have twice as high chances of getting it from a reserve than you did during the last time drop rate is a 40 percent chance in the cosmetic roll. Uh, for the chance of an uh, for an average of ten percent chance per cash. So ten percent chance every cash uh, you get one of these. Did you and, get them all last time? Uh, yeah, I did. So it's funny. I wouldn't have gotten them all last time, but they actually had. Uh, that was actually when they had that issue where they had to delay their patch by a week. So it actually lasted a week longer than uh... they intended it to. And because of that, I ended up getting all of them last time, whereas I wouldn't if it ended before. Uh, but now with the a higher drop rate, I think there's a a better chance of being able to get them all in the the two-week window. Oh, and they are titles. There are also titles and avatars, too. Uh, I think it's like three titles, and I'm assuming an avatar for each one of these. Uh, That Cerebra avatar will be very amusing, if that's the case.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, so if you want them, save your boxes, right? Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen you doing that. Is like As you progress on the, you know, your collection timeline there, open everything, but not the box to save your collector's cash box. Yeah,
0: so currently how the system works, what's in your box isn't fully rolled until you open it. It, Basically, your box knows what type of box it is. This is the same for, uh, like, getting Series 4 cards. So I'm someone who's Series 4 complete. So that's another reason where I'm not incentivized to open my boxes right now because when presumably the next rotation of cards moving down is going to happen with the same patch because these Mm -hmm. events typically require a patch. Uh, So And it's about the same time as last month. Last month we got the rotation on the 21st of February. So I'm waiting for that because Shadow King, Dazzler uh sauron all the all these cards that launched back in january are moving into pool four so i would rather get that than just some credits or not credits uh tokens
2: yeah for sure i'll
0: stoke to pull dazzler yeah (laughs) only if they add the art germ dazzler variant
1: oh fair enough oh
2: the, the cosmetics are good yeah oh yeah all right and then we have this fancy chart here blue i i actually I, I enlarge it so it would take up the whole screen because otherwise no one would be able to read it. But this is a pretty neat um, yeah, tool we have Yeah, this is
1: a service that SnapZone does for us because if you've all noticed, the amount of bundles that they are releasing have increased. And I actually think this is a good thing. So like earlier in the year, late last year, they had these like infrequent bundle releases that were had a lot of stuff and were very expensive, and they still kind of do that. But they also have smaller ones as well, and some of them are available for gold, some of them are available for real money. And a lot of you know newer players are who are you know have some credits and some gold are completely overwhelmed. They don't know what to do, um, and so this chart helps navigate that. So there are uh, fifteen bundles that are being released in the month of March. That is a lot. Holy cow! Um, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and these include the, the, the popular, quote, Token Tuesday. So they started releasing small bundles for gold that include collector's tokens uh, as a way of kind of democratizing the token shop so that you could, you know, uh, get those pool three cards a little bit faster or maybe get uh, the, the tokens you need to get that Kang the Conqueror you've pinned, um and 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 so every week they're offering um uh, on tuesday for one day the token tuesday bundle um and and so i i've noticed a pattern with the bundles right and 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 this is supported by the chart when you think of the bundle in terms of absolute value and relative value um the smaller bundles have relatively more value per dollar than the larger ones they tend to be better deals like the best example that I could offer is the Jubilee bundle we had last month, right? It was uh I don't remember how much it was in f- US dollars, it was five it was dollars. Five dollars, yeah. Was, yeah. So it was like less than ten bucks in Canada and it had had a lot of stuff in it, and you know, pound for pound, the total value per dollar in that bundle is really good. But it's small, so you, you, you know on an absolute scale, you're not getting as much, whereas if you buy something like the Bishop bundle in the store right now, you're going to get a lot more collector's tokens, a lot more credits, so total absolute value is higher. But relative to what you get in the smaller ones, it's actually a worse deal. And and so for me, I, you know, it's really hard. Everyone has different um, budgets, um, desires, etc. To get out of the game. And, and so using this chart could help inform you if it's a good deal or not. But sometimes, if you really want credits or you really want tokens, you'll you'll want to go for those things my advice is this like as a a general rule if you're free to play or you're like nate and you're a battle pass only player save your gold for the smaller bundles like the token tuesday or the special offers they tend to be relatively better than the larger ones like say rivalry week or mutant masterpiece but if you're not sure um and we'll link this as well um you can you can pull up this chart from snap zone they've been keeping it up to date um with the, the the new items that come out I'm gonna link it right now I would definitely consult it um if anything just to to, to maybe take a little bit of the the mystery away from what you're getting um I will say oh my...
2: I, I was just gonna say I, as a free to play relatively player like I get the battle pass but I could not have got that Thanos without the uh the token Tuesday and so I just been saving up gold like I didn't spend money on it but uh I had the gold and then it it that was a great value. So I'm happy that they're they're doing small changes at least. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh one one uh thing we, we I want to mention here too with the bundles. I, I just sent it over to you Nate. Uh we have an April Fool's Day bundle. And oh my God. Uh, it has <laughs> it has something really <laughs> great. And uh it's it's Ben Brode's favorite thing. It's a rock. Who doesn't love rocks? So, uh what's the the number here? It's 400 gold, so essentially $6 and you're not getting any you're not getting any uh tokens for it. I don't even think you're getting credits. It's purely a cosmetic thing, but you are going to get a title, uh I got a rock. And then you also get this lovely rock cosmetic. Um
1: are we yeah. are, are we certain it's a cosmetic it's still not clear if it's a cosmetic or an actual card
0: so I wasn't sure at first but then I thought about it and there's no way it's gonna be a collectible card because okay. imagine if uh, imagine if who knows what happens in the future what if the rock becomes like a desirable card? like in a certain style of deck. And the only way to get this was to buy that one bundle on April 1st.
1: Ah, oh, they'll like... put it in Pool 5 so everyone can get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you imagine pulling this as your Pool 5 card? Oh I guess God. it'd still be better than Sentinel, but, you know, yeah, not by much.
0: Uh, century. But yeah, um, yeah. So it, I love this. I think it's really funny, and uh, I'm looking forward to. I, I'm assuming how this works is you know this is going to be our first token cosmetic because they've mm. talked about wanting to do that. You know, a very requested feature has been. Hey, I have let's say uh pixel. Um, pixel, uh, doom, for example, why aren't my doom bots also pixels? Right. And they've said, you know, that's something we'd like to do in the future, but it's like not a a high priority. There are a lot of other things they want to work on to improve the game first, which is understandable, but looks like this might be our first cosmetic that customizes, you know, when rocks show up in game, whether it's a card like Korg or one of the locations, uh, you get a, a funny little friend here instead of the normal artwork.
2: Wow somewhere ben brode is uh
1: Uh, great everybody loves rocks everybody loves pixel variants and yet i suspect this will probably sell well it's so cursed that it's good this is like you know pixel hell cow right it's it's it's, you just can't look away it's just too perfect Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so so lots of bundles but i i am just as a general comment i think that um i i'm happy to see bundles that are a little bit more accessible and also that accelerate the acquisition of cards mm-hmm. i do hope that um without kind of opening the pandora's box which is the collection system i think everyone here knows that we believe it to be suboptimal and i'm being very polite in that uh, <laughs> that, uh description. Um, I, I'm happy to see it. I hope that this isn't their answer to making people more excited about new cards and them being more accessible. So uh, anxiously waiting on you for I don't think it is that. because okay. they, they said
0: that token changes to the token system and the token shop are going to be coming in the next two patches, if I recall correctly. Two patches. <laughs> so okay. the next one and the one after sound like they're going to have some changes to make the experience better, but we'll have to wait and see for more information on that.
1: Well, on the subject of changes um you know since we last spoke there have been two major changes that have impacted the game the first is how ladder functions and the second is the meta in which we're experiencing in that ladder so there's a lot to talk about here so we're going to divide this conversation into two distinct kind of topics although i suspect they'll bleed into each other just because they're so um symbiotic um so first is how ladder's been changed so this this isn't exactly the most simplistic of changes so for those who um are a little bit confused by it or or still kind of wrapping their heads around it we'll we'll take you through the parameters and specifics first and then we will share our candid thoughts on 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 the ladder itself yeah so
2: yeah let me just read the tweet so steve this is from steven jarrett who's one of the uh snap devs so he, he i'm just going to read the tweet uh we've seen the excitement and anticipation around us discussing more about our plans to improve ranked modes and the matchmaking experience we want to share more information about the future our first short-term improvement goes live at the start of the new season we're increasing the amount of bonus cubes earned when reaching a new tier from 10 to 50. However, we are not done making adjustments. Stay tuned for a new blog, including future plans for ranked mode and matchmaking in the next week or two.
1: So no, in that blog, oh, wait, there was no blog. <laughs> that, that was a TBD on the blog. Um, so we don't know what those future changes are. Yeah. Um, but these changes are, are live. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. So kind
2: of so you infinite players reset to what? 70 was it?
0: yeah yeah. you go back to 70 regardless where you're at if you're a hundred or over you go back to 70.
1: and so what what will happen is you go back to 70 so you're at 70 with zero cubes and you climb from 70 zero cubes to 79.9 and then when you hit 79.9 you go to 85 zero and then and once when you, you hit, hit 80 yeah. yeah yeah and then once you hit not uh once you hit yeah, 89.9 you go to 90 you go to 95 and that's true regardless of where you are on the ladder so for example if you started at 60 or 50 um you know if you go from 50 to 60 you go from 59.9 to 65 uh and the idea was to try and make ladder a little less grindy um because i know some people really like grindy ladders i mean i have said this before and i'll say it again it's just my opinion uh, the Snap Ladder, prior to this change, was the grindiest ladder I've played in any digital card game, be it Hearthstone, Magic Arena, um, Terra even, which I thought was a pretty grindy ladder. So, so yeah, uh, a pre- pretty big change there. Um, interestingly enough, though, this month, I almost feel like, in a way, the ladder's been even grindier. Mm-hmm. And I think there's two reasons for that. One is the meta, which we'll, we'll kind of... Keep on ice for a second. Um, the other is I've just been seeing a lot less bots.
2: Interesting. Well, and I think that we I, we were talking about this offline throughout the past week, and I think that especially for those people who are hitting infinite, it's very analogous to me anyhow of the like eleven X and Hearthstone, where you know day one ladder reset, you're playing, you're at that high elo rate, you're facing off against other infinite players, and you're gonna be seeing. Like either thanos or shuri decks like over and over because people aren't going to want to mess with their rank they're going to want to climb they're not going to play the meme cards or the you know having fun cards because they want to climb and especially with the thanos deck like the mirrors are intense and like that's it's just there's so much like you have to very carefully consider every play And it just seems super grindy. And yeah, so you were saying not not too many bots at that range. And you guys, yeah, like no day one, we were saying uh, like I was goofing around with Nimrod and I was seeing other people goofing around with it. But like I hit 75, so it bumped me back to 40. And like, I don't, you know, I don't really care. I'll I'll see how high I can get. Um, I'm just trying to beat my score each each month. And I get there eventually. But I saw a whole bunch of it, like not a ton. Um, I hit you know, into the early fifties, uh, earlier today. And I've seen a handful and I start seeing less and less the higher, I climb, but like Mm -hmm. up, up in the like mid seventies where you guys are like, no way, no way. It seems rough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In previous months you'd see like what would happen is you'd reset to say 70. And then for your first 10, 10, um, sub levels, like from 70 to 80, there'd be like a lot of bots. Although Mm -hmm. You saw more bots than I, but anyways, it never really was consistent. But this month, it seems that the 70 to 80 portion of the ladder has been a, a, a grind fest. And I actually subscribed to the um, untapped data. Um, they released their data for decks and the ranks that people are playing at. And, and like, if you look at the data sample, like like something like if you look at that the infinite range of players, those who reset to 70, like an absurd amount, like 99%, were, hadn't were even reached 80 yet, right? So mm-hmm. it's this kind of like really difficult thing because people are very conservative. They're retreating a lot. Um, you know, people are not aggressive with snapping because of what Nate said. The matchups are not very clear cut. So it's very easy to think, oh, I'm behind or, or I'm ahead. And then all of a sudden the match swings on a dime and 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 you're losing eight cubes, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So so in a way, you know, everyone's having different experiences. Um, for me, it, it's almost felt worse after fashion. And and I, I thought about this, and I've I've kind of bucketed the players into three categories and i'm sure this is a vast oversimplification but this is just how i perceive of it right so you've got the the high elo players right those that you know hit infinite like 500 or a thousand like the code Deco guys or or that's insane right right? that's crazy so so they a lot of even when they reset they're still playing these bots and so because you can manipulate those matchups you know they tended to hit infinite early, and 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 I think that most, if not all, of the folks who are in that bot MMR range are not especially fond of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that that's kind of that that upper tier experience. Then you have the the what I'll call the the ladder grinders or competitive players, people that hit infinite um, or high 90s, and and then kind of they you know, sub bot MMR range below like 120, 115 post infinite. So like that's where I fall in or or, or zombies falls into. And, and, And our experience has been not for everyone, but for many fewer bots, very, very slow climbs, somewhat frustrating. And then you have everyone else, the more casual base that finished sub 70. And, and and again, it's not to say that they're worse players. I don't think rank is indicative of skill, but just they didn't grind to the extent that you know they reset at 70. And and they're seeing a variety of gameplay. They're seeing Nimrod, like you've been seeing Nate. You see, you see other things. And and what this has done is it's created a very interesting discourse on online people getting into arguments about whether the change is good, bad, or in between because however depending on which group you fall into your experience is going to be very different and um Mm -hmm. right now i hate to say it but even with this change my experience kind of sucks and i mean if they didn't make this change i i mean it would be even worse so i'm not saying it's a bad change but i'm hoping that uh whatever it is they're gonna do i'm hoping it breaks this kind of like log jam that they seem to have created um
2: you know, I'm kind of yeah. curious, and I, I would take my experience any day. Like I, I'm running into everything. I, I'm seeing still the like the Patriot Zoo decks. I'm seeing the Death Wave. I'm seeing people experimenting with Nimrod. I'm seeing, of course, the Shuri and Thanos decks. But I, I'm seeing like a, a good handful of like random janky stuff, and and I'm sure at up at that those high ranks, you guys are just not. Um,
0: yeah, it's so. Uh, It's really interesting, and I want to touch on the bot thing a little bit, because I've noticed some interesting things this month. So like Blue mentioned, I'm not in like bot MMR. I try pretty hard not to get there, um, because I think it would make my experience less fun, just as a player and a creator. Um, But the interesting thing about bots is I've noticed something different this season. Previously, like Blue mentioned, uh, when a season reset, one of the reasons bots exist and their function is to kind of inject cubes into the the cube economy, so to speak. So there are more cubes out there so people can climb. And the bots uh, at the the higher rank usually serve to uh, give you a way to kind of boost you to where your unknown MMR number thinks you're supposed to be. They help you get there a bit quicker. Um, So previously, the last two or three seasons, what would happen is we'd get a reset, and wherever my MMR is... It resulted in me getting a lot of bots from rank 70 to rank 80, but after rank 80, bots didn't usually appear very much. Maybe one in, you know, a blue moon or something, but it was very, very rare for me to get bots in the 80 to 100 portion of my climb. This month, it's felt very different. I noticed from 70 to 80, I didn't get nearly as many bots as there were before, uh, like, significantly less. Um, but what I did notice is that from 80 to 100, there were still bots showing up occasionally, especially if I went on, like, a pretty bad loss streak. So that seemed that seemed very strange to me. I feel like they, they lessened the amount of bots in that initial 10 ranks, and they spread it out over the whole 70 to 100. And I think that's part of what is getting everyone clogged up in the 70s, that and the combination of due to the meta, it's a lot harder to more confidently snap and get those two, four, eight-cube games. So a lot of your climb is, you know, a cube or two cubes at a time, and the game goes a lot slower when that's the case. Uh, It's not always clear when you're supposed to snap or retreat because so much can happen that is hard to predict due to things like the RNG nature of Lockjaw and whatnot,
2: oh, um, you said the magic <laughs> word,
0: yeah <laughs> uh, but it, it's so it's just been very interesting because I certainly would not be infinite right now if it weren't for this boost of you know an extra five ranks every time you hit a uh, a 10 rank milestone. And I wouldn't have even attempted the climb uh, until the balance changes if if this new bonus wasn't in place. Uh, so it, it, if you're you're feeling it, it's pretty rough on the ladder right now. Uh, no, you're not the only one that is uh, feeling that and don't get discouraged by the fact that, you know, you see all these people posting, oh, I made it to infinite and whatnot. The, the vast majority of the player base from at least the data we were able to look at is really kind of stuck in that 70 to 80 range. And that seems
1: to be how it's been going. Not, most of not the even 80, season. 70 range. Yeah, uh, I'm 70, sure it's 79. I'm sure it's uh, split a bit, but I mean, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of real logjam uh sir julian the tall in chat also made a good point that bears mentioning as well that when you do encounter a bot the bot is more likely to retreat now than once upon a time gone are the days where like a bot is just a guaranteed eight sometimes they'll they'll only give you two right Mm -hmm. so they're stingier they're stingier in appearing and then when they do appear they're stingier into how many cubes are, are being donated so I, I, you know it, it it's tough, and I wonder if you were seeing more bots in the 80s because they're I, I don't know I was gonna say because there are fewer players there, but that doesn't matter because I, I mean I've been queuing into Infinite Gamers today in the 70s, mm-hmm. so that they don't discriminate. So who knows what the what the reasoning is? It's so the whole ladder system is a bit of an enigma, and while the only change that they they announced was the the 50 cubes donated instead of um, 10 per rank floor. It does feel like things have changed, and yes, I think the meta is part of that. But you know, I I, <laughs> I I feel, and I base this on nothing more than than my own perception so i could be flat wrong that there more there were more changes than just the um the 50 cube yeah jump.
0: something went on there with the bots it seems like because i've talked with other people it doesn't seem like much has changed with the bots for the players who were in high tier bot mmr but for players who were below that it feels like something is different with the the bots because it, it felt the same uh, for um, felt the same for a while, and now it feels kind of different. And uh, if you don't know how to spot a bot in in Snap, there are a few ways you can do it. Usually, they have very basic names and avatars. Though I have seen a few people kind of cosplaying as a bot uh, to try and get people to, to snap.
1: That is the most cursed like <laughs> meta thing, like people yeah. trying to <laughs> pretend to be bots to like prey on anyways.
0: Yeah. uh, So the way you can tell, usually, uh, I believe bots cannot emote. uh, But the the bigger way is bots will usually be playing. uh, They play some weird cards that don't seem very typical. Sometimes they make very questionable decisions. But the one surefire way you can tell is via splits. So if you see a gold card or an inked card, click on that card. If there's no secondary effect, that basically guarantees you're playing a bot. Now, there was a very small window in beta where it was possible to get a like a gold card without a secondary effect. But that's got to be like less than 0.1% of people who have those. So if you see a inked card or a gold card and it doesn't have a secondary sparkle or one of the other secondary effects, that is your surefire way of knowing, hey, I'm playing against a bot. Uh, Maybe I should snap and
1: uh, try and get some free cubes. Another way. And and this is going your mileage will vary with this one, but right now I think it's fairly relevant. Um, look at the cards that are being played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was playing a game the other day, and, and zombies was was watching, and the 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 player slammed a warpath down, and just it was just unbelievable that a real live human in the you know in that meat grinder bracket would be playing ongoing destroyer. And sure enough, we assumed it was a bot, and then later on in the game, we saw the impossible variant that confirmed it. So if you see people playing ongoing destroyer or cards like Electra, Electra is a real common giveaway of a bot. Yep. Um, or move cards. Um, you know, uh, it, look, people sometimes will play that sort of thing, um, but you know, it should it should get your um, spidey sense up, no pun intended, to to look mm-hmm. for the other things that we talked about that might um you know give it away that's a bot because here's the thing guys you, the the ladder system gives very little away for free um 50 cubes is kind of the first concession that's been made the bots are a great way to climb um and if you're more adept at spotting them you know it's not going to guarantee any outcome but it will help
2: yeah they make some questionable plays i i mean last month we yeah. did some co-op, and it was like what what uh, and if it's a human, you know, I'm sorry, you're bad. But like, <laughs> the, the bots do some weird things and play some weird cards, and you kind of know, or you think you know. Yeah, it's like I mean, watching
0: an Agatha gamer, right? Like, the, yeah. their their plays, you're just like, why this doesn't this doesn't make sense.
2: You still have to be careful though. Like, there's nothing worse than like thinking it's a bot snapping mm-hmm. and then like losing,
1: right? Yeah,
2: and and it's like, oh, like you didn't draw into what you needed to or whatever it is. And it's like, Oh man.
1: Now kind of to, to pivot away, going back to why ladder feels worse. And I think this is going to be an unpopular one. Um, but this is kind of segues into the other news item. We have both the change to feature and hot locations. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, so I'll, I'll just go through the item and then, um, I'll, I'll give my hot take or my lukewarm take. So, <laughs> um, you know, when the game launched, we got a new location every week that was featured for two days um, mm-hmm. at a 40% appearance rate. And then on Saturday to Sunday, at least in North America, on the weekend, for one day, we get the hot location, which would be an old favorite, um, that would appear at a 60% rate for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. People hate those featured, and hot locations. The hot locations especially, yeah. because it would have a warping effect on the meta. Now, this is interesting, because maybe having a warping effect on the meta is something that we want, so that we kind of break the logjam of these stale metas, but but I digress. Um, what I found in past seasons, particularly not last season, but January. Mm-hmm. Um, January was Zabu, the Zabu meat grinder. Mm-hmm. Um, I did most of my climbing during the featured and hot locations because it allowed me to adapt to the situation and play into it and use that as an advantage. Whereas others would would be stubborn or they struggled through it. And I found that that you know midweek and weekends I did most of my climbing in January. And now that those are gone, right? We're in a two deck meta. We're gonna get into this. Um, you know, it, it keeps things a little bit more static. Um, anyway, so what they've done now is both Feature and Hot locations are going to run only for 24 hours, mm-hmm. and um, they both have a 50% chance of appearing. So Feature went up by plus 10, Hot went down by 10, and they're going to be reducing the new locations per season, um, and uh, they're going to start reusing old um, old locations Uh, in the featured slot, like they did this week with, uh, uh, I can't, uh, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know why I have such a hard time pronouncing (laughs) that. Um, Yeah. So like that one. So I, I wonder also, you know, kind of just taking that piece, going back to the latter conversation, you know, have have you know it's one of those things be careful what you wish for it might come true we all hated featured in hot locations but did we
2: there's pros and cons i think especially i mean i give you my perspective as a kind of mid-tier collection player i think that one of the advantages of the hot locations is that you can build around hey i've got 48 hours i've got this location let me build the deck that plays into it Mm -hmm. which i think there's a huge benefit if you have a more complete collection, whereas it you know if, if you're missing sure. key cards, then you just get dumped on, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. like, it's like oh. Death and
0: Galactus, right? Like those were the big ones, I think, for January. Like three out of the four locations are like Death and Galactus Central, and if you didn't have those cards, you probably were having a much worse time.
2: It Why? just it depends yeah. on what the location is too, and yeah. I noticed that some of the some of the locations there have been some subtle changes uh for a long time i was playing like on reveal decks and stuff with like um either like uh, like the patriot zoo mm-hmm. style decks or stuff with dr doom and the the locations that said like you couldn't add cards to these like you could still cheat cards into them with squirrel girl or doom or whatever and like mm-hmm. some of it, you just can't anymore like it, if it says no cards can be added here until turn six like you you can't it doesn't matter if you play your dr doom early like and i was like oh i learned that one the hard way um it's been interesting so
0: and there's a good point in chat here one of the busiest days of the week for playing for some people the weekend it would be like a random guess if you had a playable deck or not and i think that's just like a problem with them picking a bad day for the uh the hot location, I think picking like Saturday night into Sunday, like peak, middle of the weekend is like, I think it's just a bad time to do that. I think another day would serve them better if, if it's just like a reset on Friday or reset on Sunday. I think it kind of picked the worst day for that one. Um, yeah. So I think there's like a double-edged sword here to this change. I like that they're both 24 hours. I think cutting down the new one from two days to one day is good mm-hmm. because I think, for most of them, people were getting pretty sick of it after the first day. I, I always thought there was like a casual argument, like, well, what if someone doesn't play the first day and they still don't want to experience it? But uh, I, I like this change a lot. I also like balancing it out to 50%. It was always kind of weird to me they were different, because uh, that 40%, it, you know, it's only 20% difference, but you felt that difference really hard. Because yeah. um, it could suck. You build your deck around this location, then you just don't see it, and then you get punished for it. Um, so I like those changes. I'm not as big on them doing less new locations a season. I think that actually kind of sucks. Uh, I, I liked that they're, and th- this is generally, I think, what most people's feedback has been about that part of the news is, like, kind of sucks to go from, f- it looks like it's going from four to three, uh, at least that's the case this season, so instead of four new locations, there are only three, and they reused one of them. Um, I don't know if they, they feel like they have to pad it out a bit more, but I really liked that there were four locations. I think the bigger issue we had with these locations is they released a lot of overly restrictive ones. And there weren't as many ones that were, you know, what's a good example is the recent one where it just adds a random three drop to your hand. Give us some more stuff like that. That doesn't severely impact the game. Or the one where if you fill up the location, you get a copy of your starting hand. Like, those were neat because I think it's fine to have ones that are impactful and change the, the meta for a day or whatever. But, like, I don't think you want the, all those, like, I don't think you want that every week. Like, yeah. I think they just did too many restrictive locations all at once. Like, you'd get the debt, not Death's Domain, the Altar of Death. You'd get uh, Plunder Castle, Blue Train's Favorite. Um, I love you... <laughs> <Wonder>
1: Castle. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but like you get those ones, and I think the the game already has a lot of restrictive locations. So adding even more without more of these, you know, minimally impactful ones, I think was kind of frustrating. Uh, so I think uh, it's a shame <laughs> <laughs> that we're getting less locations uh, that are new because I really enjoy the the new locations, especially more than hot locations. Uh, hot locations, I don't mind that they take a weekend off. I'm just, I'm glad they gave us notice this time, because right. I was super annoyed last time. They, they basically sprung on us at release, like it was supposed to be a Shuri's Lab hot location, and then the night it was coming out, it was like, just kidding, no hot location. And it's like, oh, well, I already spent like an hour putting together decks and a video for Oof. this hot location, and... uh that was kind of useless. So, but they they did get better. Uh, like they gave us notice about the fact that uh, at least a bit more notice that Nita Valir was going to be this week's one, and we're taking this weekend off of hot location. So, I think it's probably good for the player base. I think taking the uh, the weekends off sometimes of a hot location is fine. I just I, I think it's a little sad though that we're not getting four new ones a uh, a month anymore.
1: Yeah, I I just I. I don't dislike the changes. I just wonder how much it's it's impacting that kind of static feeling on Ladder, and and a thing that I a point that was raised that I never considered was the uh, lubricating effects of these uh, old hot location system. It probably came at the expense of of a portion of the player base, and that's not okay either. Um, and that kind of calls into question some of the problems around the collection system. That said, they did say that there are going to be significant changes, uh, more changes uh, to ladder that are going to be announced. And so I think we're all um, waiting in anticipation for that. The other announcement is that we have balance updates in the works. Mm -hmm. Exciting. We ran into some issues with our ability to OTA or over-the-air them in the past few weeks. So what that is, it's uh, it's software development beak for a clientless update. We're talking like server side
2: updates where they're able to push out without having to download a a new app version. Yeah,
1: like what they did with Zabu and Silver Surfer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so anyways, uh this happens every meta. Some folks love it and some hate it. We have to find the right cadence to drop balance updates. That isn't too frequent for most players, but keeps the more engaged players on their toes. <laughs> I mean, so I think the problem here, if I'm gonna be honest, is that they for whatever reason it seems that there's a pretty big lag on their mm-hmm. data. Um and I don't know if that's how they warehouse it or or you know, if perhaps maybe it takes time for things to trickle down and hit a critical mass where it's meaningful or significant, I'm sure there's a, a confluence of factors. But, like, the, the biggest thing that kind of underscores this is that Thanos was really starting to take off. Like, so if you think about Thanos's rise as an exponential curve, right? It was, like, on a steady, like, trajectory up, 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 and then right at the inflection point where it just skyrocketed. That's when they chose to buff it. And it kind of just underscores that if they know if they knew now, if they had the the, the data that, that we suspected at the time, maybe they wouldn't have buffed it or maybe they would have, who knows? I, I would speculate, but it does feel like there's a, a bit of a of a lag time on that. Um, and, they even and... said
0: that too, right? Like they said these when we locked in these changes, like they it felt pretty clear that the and we're talking about the last balance update on the twenty first of February. It felt pretty clear that they they were like yeah and you know what else made it really clear the only nerf in that patch was they they toned darkhawk down by yeah. one power <laughs> and darkhawk wasn't like uh, that that felt like a reaction to them maybe seeing darkhawk being a bit too strong in the zabu meta or maybe even just after the zabu meta had changed but like uh it just felt very strange because uh, it didn't feel like that was actually a dominant metaphor at the time. So it was weird to see that adjusted. And then, like blue said, Thanos getting a buff when he was like starting to become way more popular and powerful as a deck. uh everyone was using him and having success with him in battle mode. and then the build started to get refined. And right as it was starting to like amp up being refined is when we got that buff. uh so it was really it was really interesting. like everyone was just like, wait. They buffed Thanos. (laughs) Like what?
2: (laughs) You know what though? I mean, I don't. I don't have. I don't have a problem with. I mean, okay. This is coming from somebody who's had Thanos for like two days now, right? I've Mm -hmm. played a lot of it. I've watched you guys play a ton of it. But my thought on the Thanos deck is like it's 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 very skill testing. The amount of times I actually even play Thanos in the Thanos deck is very slim. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i feel like you really have to pay attention and give it your all and these like micro decisions make a huge impact and so like buffing the thanos when even if i've got thanos in hand a lot of times i don't play it um it it doesn't feel that bad to me i'm used to playing uh, you know i mean you know some of like the Shuri deck, right? Or the Galactus decks, like there is a there is a surefire game plan every time that, that is relatively static. Where I think with Thanos, like every little decision, do I play a card, do I hold it back? Where do I play it? If I play this, what's gonna pop out? You know, what's left in my pool? Like it's just so varied from game to game. And so the Thanos buff, like, do I think it increased the play rate of the of the card? Probably. Um, but I don't know how much of an like an impact it had. It's
0: not the root cause, right? Like the Thanos getting an additional three power is not why the deck has become so dominant or powerful. Like that was going to
1: happen regardless. Yeah,
0: it, it st- Thanos could have stayed at eight power, and they did say in the patch notes, "Hey, the reason we're doing this is we want people to have a reason to play Thanos more than just to have the stones in your deck." And <laughs> in that respect, I think they were kind of successful a bit because. Like yeah. having played the deck before and after, like it's only three power, but now he's like only slightly smaller than Magnino. Like it, it can make a difference. He's bigger when you pop out of Lockjaw. It's and now Lorwyn, he's uh he's the biggest card, biggest default card in the game if you get all the stones assembled because he's twenty one.
2: Right. Well, uh, and if if you're gonna go if you're gonna go down that path, right, of having the big bads in the you know this pool and they're never gonna move down and Thanos is one of them, like you have to make it more powerful than your
1: It has to be desirable, right? Like yeah. And they're in a bind because people are buying the cards and you know if they if they der- even if they indirectly nerf it, um people are gonna be upset. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just taking a step back, just talking about the balance update itself, there's really questions that i think everyone has um and i think we can speculate on one but i think we can pretty well answer the other so when is this coming and i think we can answer that and 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 i think that your deductive reasoning on that zombies was pretty good so uh, not to try to match your eloquence what when do you think the patch is coming and, and why do you think we're pretty confident that's when it's going to arrive.
0: So, pretty much it's going to be when we're getting the patch for the variant rush. Like when we talked about that earlier, mentioned they need a patch for this variant rush to go live. So, I'm anticipating that being around or slightly before March 20th when it starts up. Uh so it just makes sense uh the way they announced this also, they said later this month. I think if it was going to happen next week, that's not something they would keep to themselves. I mean, it's possible uh, you know, because before they announced a date and then they had to delay by a week and people got upset. So sometimes when it's unsure, it's better not to give a specific. Uh, so I understand that. But my guess is uh, if they're already, you know, they probably already have a patch in the works for this variant rush. So it just makes sense given that it's not very far away. That's probably when they're going to do it because for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the reason these patches have to be done a bit in advance is because there's, for the app stores, uh, for Apple and Android, you have to go through a certification process which can take a few days to make sure the software is uh, doing everything it should and can't be abused some way uh, on these devices. So there's a little bit of like uh, wait time there Uh, and like Steven mentioned in the post, they don't, their technology that allowed them to update Zabu and update Surfer without a patch uh, doesn't seem to be working correctly right now. Otherwise, I think we would almost certainly be getting a change before then. Uh, it's just kind of an unfortunate circumstance because by the time this comes around, assuming, let's say, it happens the day it launches, the 20th or the day before the 19th, that's kind of like two weeks into the season. So, like, the season is like half over. By the time we're getting a balance update, so the whole like first half of the season has been really dominated by these decks that, you know, uh, were popular like the week before the season started and now are just like kind of very much damaging the experience. And if you've tuned into like almost any of the uh, the people streaming the game at a relatively higher rank, uh, there's a lot of frustration right now. And this is from people who are generally very positive on the game. Um, like I, I know, uh, ordinary Harry. You might know him from uh, winning the Creator Clash tournament. He tweeted out something today, uh, kind of apologizing for being in like kind of a, a bad and negative mood with the game because it's just been very, very frustrating. Getting you know when you can't play your cards because you're getting leech ramped out early. It's a it's a very frustrating experience. I'd go so far as to say it's more frustrating than when Leader was popular because ironically, even though Leader was annoying and hard to beat, there were ways to play around it there really isn't an effective way to play around an early or cheated out leech. Uh, so it's, and again, these are people who are generally very positive uh, people. In, and we all enjoy the game a lot. And I think that's where a lot of this frustration comes from. You just kind of want to have fun. And it feels like you can't do that as much right now.
1: Yeah, we have a meme on the screen right now. Um, this is uh, Ocean <laughs> Mud's meme, Ocean Mud, uh His Twitter is full of wonderful memes i I like this one though it felt pretty pretty apt um now we again i don't think anyone thinks that it was the thanos buff that did this but like right on the cusp of entering probably one of the worst metas um that we've experienced since launch you know that kind of just gave us a high five and, and left in the defense of of the second dinner team the the rate with which thanos picked up was so fast because there were so many talented people hyper refining the deck and it went through several iterations before it kind of landed where it did right now and mm-hmm. i i had the the privilege of seeing a lot of that refinement happen in real time because it was uh in the public view on on km best's discord it was really fascinating and i think that really accelerated thanos because thanos you know to nate's point is a you know, it's it's not just a card. It's it's really seven cards, right? You've got the six stones, and you've got five stones, six stones. I gotta count stones. them now. And and you've got Thanos itself, and and so kind of putting that all together was a, a challenge to refine. The hard thing, the the crazy thing about this is that Thanos Lockjaw is probably my favorite Snap deck that I've played, and that's mm-hmm. all I play. But even I recognize it is it is a problem, and you know, I think that, that really just because it's a deck that, that I like doesn't mean that, you know, we should be subjected to only being able to play that or against that, plus the other meta tyrants. Um, yeah. So it really begs the question then, well, okay, so if Thanos is an oppressive deck, Thanos Lockjaw... And Shuri is an oppressive deck. What are they going to do about it? Mm-hmm. One clue that was offered in the Discord post that announced the nerfs is that they didn't say specifically that Thanos, the card, and Shuri, the card, was going to be nerfed. They were careful to say that the Thanos deck, the Shuri deck, will have significant changes made to them. So it implies broader changes and, and more than one. And I and, uh, I thought we'd pivot from talking about how much we hate the two deck meta to maybe hypothesizing on what they may do.
2: Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that. We've talked about it before, but I think that they have to be very careful and very eloquent in their nerfs because this is a system very unlike Hearthstone where there are no refunds. And there's really, like, it, it would be really a shame to take one of these cards that, that somebody, you know, has been saving tokens for a month and now yeah. it's, it's unplayable, right? You're going to get a lot of outrage and they don't want that. And then they're not giving any refunds or anything. And so the question is how do I adjust the power level of a deck without nuking the deck to the point of unplayability leader is, mm. is an outlier there because the card is garbage now, but like,
1: you've got the other problem. So, okay, if you do that, then you're probably going to have to hit series three cards, which is going to affect the series three gamer adversely. So it's a very fine line they have to walk. It, it, yeah. it
2: really, they have to be careful with it. I, I have a couple of ideas for, for nerves. I think that all of our idea. I'd be curious to round table this because I think based on where we fall on the ladder that we may be looking at different things, but, but probably some of the same. So I, I'm kind of curious, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'll, I'll pick one, and then Zombies picks one, and Blue picks one, or whatever, and we round table so we're not all saying the same thing. But like, I have a couple of ideas, um, so I'll, I'll throw one out there. This is the, the easy one, right? Uh, mm. I, I think that Lockjaw gets hit. Um, what it gets hit to, I don't know, but I feel like it's definitely one of the feel-bad cards, where the random factor is so high that... I drop this card, you know, if I've if I've played uh my my quinjet and I can play lockjaw and three zero cost stones and, and pull out some big chonkers and then I can move one. That uh, like, whoa, okay. Um that's the feel bad card. Like I think as opposed to Thanos um Lockjaw. And we even saw it maybe, maybe you guys a little bit less, but with some of the discard stuff with with Modoc or whatever else where or, or even with Zabu, uh, there's a bunch of funky combos where you're just cheating out big giant minions off of the random factor that you get through Lockjaw. So I, I think that that card might get hit.
1: I agree. Lockjaw is a card, like if, if you think about things in terms of cause and effect or, or symptom and, and disease, Lockjaw is at the core of the problem. So if you if you nerf around Lockjaw, it's only a matter of time before something else makes Lockjaw a problem.
0: It's teacher. the Simpsons meme, right? The the Bar Simpsons meme. Yeah. Where he's throwing out Barney and then, you know, a little while later he's right back there behind you. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I, I agree. I think Lockjaw Lockjaw is is likely not going to survive this upcoming balance change. I think there's as he a few right now.
2: There's a few other there's a few others, though, that I think... What do we, what do we
1: think they're going to do to Lockjaw? Because, like, the devil's in the details here. And I and I personally think there's only one thing they can do without really fundamentally reworking the card. I'm just make them cost four. I yeah. think that's what's going to happen. Yep. Yeah,
0: and uh, someone brought up in chat, and this is something I see a lot, is like, well, at the same time, you're hitting a uh, popular Pool 3 only deck, which is like the Thor Lockjaw. Yep. And uh, we talked a bit about this with uh, Ridiculous Hat. Um, card game enthusiast and podcast uh, extraordinaire. And uh, he was like, you know, I, I really think the, the Thor Lockjaw deck could actually kind of survive Lockjaw going up one. Now, it won't be quite as explosive as before, but you can still, you could play Thor on three <laughs> instead of Lockjaw on three. Then you have a chance to draw your hammer. You play Lockjaw on four, you can still play the Wasp. I, I don't think the deck entirely just dies from it going to four. And I think it's one of those things where it sucks that Thanos is what made this happen, but I think this was always going to happen eventually. And yep. it, it, like Blue said, there's a high chance of it coming back again. We've seen this in other card games with, uh, like, Barnes and Hearthstone. I think the closest thing in Magic is Tinker Age
1: in 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 in, in Wild Hearthstone. How many times did they like nerf around freaking the wrong the wrong card, you know, or, yeah. the, or the the engine card they left intact? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think this is just like a (laughs) small road for
1: Quest Mage. Yeah, although I'm uh, sure it's his fault too, so I'll (laughs) I'll blame him anyways.
0: But yeah, I think I think we're kind of in agreement about this one. Where uh, I think, and I do think, if this went to four, the Thanos Lockjaw deck would still exist. It just wouldn't be. Well, that's also something they could hit, and we'll probably talk about that in a minute. But I do think it could still exist at four, but it would slow down the absolute like breakneck pace. Yeah. There was a, there was a great tweet by Safety Blade, um, and his issue with the current format is something I really relate to. Uh, My issue, it's pure random chaos, and you're paying one energy for multiple six drops and game ending effects. It's not snap, and that's really what it feels like to me. And you know, he said there are different things you could do, hitting Leech, hitting Lockjaw, maybe even the stones or the Quinjet interaction, but ultimately that's what it's kind of feeling like. Like any time mana cheat's always dangerous. We saw it with Zabu, and this is just like more ridiculous mana cheat. And there's a crazy RNG element too, so you can't even reliably predict these things because, you know, it's uh it's just left up to the the RNG gods.
2: I, I'm I'm trying to behave and not just press the laugh over and over (laughs) and over but i'm so tempted (laughs) i do think we've talked about this in terms of hearthstone before but i think it applies here as well where adjusting a card can be very difficult and if there's options to fundamentally change how the card works because i see comments like I, i think it's an eloquent solution in chat that we say hey this can only affect like this effect can only happen to one card per turn like yeah, but in terms of programming that, that's a huge change. It's
0: also templating too versus like wording it.
2: it. It it is, and I think it, that seems trickier than like I could take this and tick it up one energy cost, relatively easy. Now, I'm not a programmer, but like I work with programmers and I I think that like adjusting the mana level or whatever you want to call it, energy up a notch would be significantly easier for them to push out in a patch versus reworking fundamentally how the card works. Yeah. I mean,
1: I I don't I don't develop software anymore, but that that that's what my education was for. Um you're 100% correct. One is a configuration change, changing the value of an energy cost or power. The other is redevelopment of how the card functions and interacts with locations, other cards, etc. So yeah, one is 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 easy enough to do. The other is quite a bit more complex. We saw also, it leader, right, like they, they did yeah,
0: the temporary they did it with leader. little minus thing because they were like, we need more time to rework this card. Because not only is it the software implementation, you also have the whole design element, right? Like they have to figure out what we want to
1: change it to. Exactly. And oftentimes that's even harder than implementing the change, like understanding the requirements and agreeing on what the objective of the the change should be. So I I think Lockjaw, you can't, Lockjaw would be very hard to rework. It's such an iconic part of the game, and I don't think that we'd want it to change. I just Mm -hmm. think that it's, as the power levels increased and a lot more better cheap cards have been produced, it's gotten a little out of hand right so well, I, I think this one goes to four
2: one other note i'll say about lockjaw before you move on to other guesses is that i think so With you take a card like cosmo or whatever and you can shut some things down or enchantress or any any of these tech cards right but it's very difficult with lockjaw because it's it's not an ongoing ability right so you you just can't do anything um, trigger yeah mm-hmm. uh, so the interaction with it is very tricky I mean, you, you almost got to hope that either they low roll or they pull out all their big chonkers and then you can Shang-Chi, but like you can't interact with the card itself. It's like a Dracula, right? Like you, you, there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. All right. What, what, what other cards do you think?
1: So I think that leech is going to get hit in some way, shape or form. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, you said it before leech is a, a card that has a very powerful effect, and so it comes with a high cost and a low energy um, value. But I think a couple things have made Leech much better. One is the ability to have it pop out of or play into Lockjaw. Mm -hmm. But frankly, I think the other thing that, that has made Leech better is that there's a lot more ability to ramp, and the cards that have been printed are a lot more susceptible to being disrupted by leech so over time it went from being almost like a meme to being sometimes correct just to slam it on five even though you're getting that huge tempo loss because the amount of disruption that's being caused is insane so like one example of many is galactus right when leech was invented there was no galactus objectively if you know your opponent is playing galactus and you can leech them before they can play galactus they lose the game on the spot effectively. Not always, but let's say 90% plus percent of the time. Well, and not so, just Galact-
2: Like, it nukes Galactus and Null and Death. Yeah,
1: and- there's just a lot more targets. So I, I don't actually have any idea what they're going to do to leech. I've seen a lot of suggestions. Some suggestions have been it only does it for a turn. I don't think that makes it feel much better. Some people were saying, "Well, it'll only do make it like nakia. It only affects the left and, and the left two most cards in hand." I also think that that would in a way make it even more frustrating because of the Word that will not be spoken, RNG. <laughs> um, now I'm afraid to say it. um I'm, I'm kidding, but I don't know what they're going to do. But I, I think that it's it is such a a fundamental feels bad and play pattern experience. That is it? I think is it unplayable.
2: At, is it unplayable at six? Or, I think so. Or or yes. if they <laughs> if they take the what if they keep it at five and make it like a one or a zero or something? Is well, it? Well, it's
0: not the tempo, right? Like like. Uh, it that'd be like that'd be like the the people who suggested like uh Shuri going to like zero power. It's like, well, that doesn't fix like the most busted thing in the deck, which is 30 power right. red skull, right? It's like when they hit leader by one power and people were like, what the heck is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think it really is like the whole tempo loss thing you're supposed to lose tempo for Leech by being able to cheat him out. Uh, you're not losing that tempo or pulling him out for free or throwing him in, getting a big thing out. It just mitigates what is supposed to be the downside of the card. And it's just frustrating because there's not a reasonable way to play around this card. And I think if you could uh, play around Leech effectively, Thanos actually wouldn't be as much of an issue as it is. Because the, I think one of the natural praise to the Thanos deck are these more control-style decks. That's what I used to hit Infinite this month, facing against a lot of Thanos, And I said it in the Infinite tweet, well, you know what you do against Thanos? You just dodge their leech. Because if they leech you, you're probably going to lose. But if you dodge it, you actually have a pretty reasonable chance at winning the game. Uh, It's just it's a problem because a lot of these control decks are trying to swing the game with their tech cards on the final turn or later in the game, on turn 5 or turn 6. And when your Killmonger, your Shang-Chi, your Enchantress, what have you, just gets shut off, it's like, well guess i lose (laughs) and there's no there's not a meaningful way to there's no meaningful counterplay there it's like there's no and you know the other argument you could say well what if instead of a reactive deck you just play a more proactive deck no proactive deck in the game can output as much power as thanos can via its mana cheating it's because like they're cheating out five and six drops pretty constantly and nothing else can do that (laughs) for good reason. (laughs) So it's like the two things that should be able to keep a strategy like this in check, neither of them are able to do it because the the lock shot mana cheat and the fact that Leech is coming out before he should or not with a tempo loss.
2: I will say the one uh, that I I did very successful last month playing um, Sandman Ramp, and it was wonderful to play... Um, electro on three sandman on four and it shut down the thanos decks right because it doesn't matter if all your stones cost zero you can only play one card mm-hmm. and that that felt pretty strong against it mm-hmm. um it wasn't like unbeatable you still get leeched and cool now my dr doom does nothing um yeah and Every that's deck, a like, bummer it's all the you
0: like, like you said, the, the effects we've, the cards we've gotten, we, we aren't getting these like vanilla cards anymore. Like, cause frankly, vanilla cards aren't as interesting. Right. So like we, we get all these cards with interesting text and then the text is removed from the card and it's like, oh, great. Like it, it, just, it's people like playing their cards. Sh- and like the Shuri deck laughs test. too
2: though. Right. Cause like, yeah. if, if we play this, that's what my concern would be too, is if we, if we kill leech too hard like okay now you hit the thanos deck but what are you doing to the shuri deck because like i'll play i've been playing thanos the last few days and like cool i'll play leech and then they still play a 30 a 30 attack red skull like
1: one of the reasons why the shuri deck is still probably the other meta tyrant is because while leech does shut down cards like she hulk and taskmaster it doesn't completely shut it down, right? They could still do the the, the Red Skull thing, which is ridiculous. So, um, I I think that other decks coming into the meta that would more naturally prey on Shuri, like a reactive Sarah control deck, and sh- other things that I'm not thinking of, are that are completely bullied out of the meta by cards like Leech would help kind of mm-hmm. maybe restore some of that balance. But uh, it, you know, again, this is kind of going back to what we were saying about Lockjaw. All of these changes create this kind of cascading effect that needs to be accounted for. I still think they're going to hit Leech. I still think they're going to hit Lockjaw. But, you know, is, does Leech need a big hit because they're going to hit Lockjaw? And part of the problem was it popping out of it? I, I don't know. I just think it's such a, like you said, zombies, people play card games to play cards leech prevents you from playing cards it feels bad it's the same reason before Nate, we were saying about the locations why do they keep making locations that play cards you see the tweets the memes where it's like you know the, the queue into like a game and they get like sanctum sanctorum plunder castle and like you know vordemir and it's like nobody plays any cards good game that just is a feels bad so um yeah uh leech gonna get hit, I have no idea what they're gonna do. That that I am I am not envious of the person who's been assigned to fix (laughs) leech.
0: (laughs) Before we talk about I see pulled up arrow here, before we move on from the Thanos deck, there's one more thing we should talk about, which is Quinjet, because that's the often suggested change. Uh now I don't think it could be a solo change and I'm not sure if this is the route they're gonna go. Uh but one of the reasons why this deck is very powerful is because the stones are really nuts cards just for one cost. And then our good old friend Mana Cheat, Uh, making them free is kind of insane, and especially with Lockjaw, because that means you can start getting big things out of your deck on turn three. Um, So a lot of people have suggested the change of, all right, uh, change the Quinjet interaction so the Thanos stones aren't considered uh, not starting in your deck, so they don't get reduced, which I think is much more elegant than being like... Uh, your Quinjet thing can't reduce below one. Like some people have suggested that. I hate that idea because I think it punishes Quinjet, which is an otherwise like fair and interesting card. Um, I-, I don't think this would be necessarily a bad change, but I've played a bunch of the like the Thanos Zoo version, and the the stones while they're still very good when reduced, it feels a lot less ridiculous when you're not throwing them into Lockjaw and getting giant stuff out of it and cycling through your deck. Now, does that mean they might not change it? I mean, they definitely could make this change. But I think a big point here is that some people are saying this is the only change that needs to be made to fix that deck. And I, like, super disagree with that. Like, maybe it's part of the puzzle to fix it. But, like, if this was the only thing they changed, I still think the Lockjaw deck would be super dominant. Because think about all the times they don't have Quinjet and they still absolutely destroy
1: you. So this is going to be a hot take. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I don't think they should change the Quinjet Stones interaction because anytime you introduce Mana Cheat or Energy Cheat to things costing free, it's spooky. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to change that interaction because I think that people love playing lots of cards for free and I, I, we've seen this before in, in, in our other card game Near and Dear to Our Heart where like people are always advocating for um, cheat to be not less than one and the designers are always very reluctant to go there i i suspect again i could be wrong i suspect that the stone quinjet interaction will survive um and that they're going to target the above two cards lock john leech before they go to quinjet i could be dead wrong but like i think that for the reason that you said that Mm -hmm. how many games have you blown people out with Lockjaw and Curve, even though you'd have Quinjet out, Still really high. I think that that we're going to see that interaction stay. That's my prediction. Even I mean, if we all okay. think it's the wrong thing to happen, we want to see that change. I I, I'm kind of neutral on it. I I think there's good points for and against. I just don't think they're going to go there. That's just my
0: yeah. I kind of agree with that. Like I, I'm biased because I like Thanos Zoo and I think it's less unfair. In <laughs> Thanos Zoo, it's it's all, I think it's on the table, but I do think it's less likely than uh than people think.
2: The thing is, without. Thanos, like Quinjet, sees no play, right, or very little.
0: Just in Dino, basically Dino, Dino and the, I guess the bounce decks too sometimes.
1: Um, because although, like, it, yeah, because they wouldn't make Quinjet not less than one. They yeah, would just that would destroy their, the card. The yeah, card they would, would change the stones nuked
0: from orbit. So if they do make a Quinjet change, there, there, it would just be the Thanos stones
1: don't count for it. Yeah. Mm, well, all right. I. I I, I, it's kind of a tough one, but we'll see. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do. I mean, we could be dead wrong, but I just, I feel like this, like the Quinjet piece, they're going to be stubborn about it. And I bet that something else breaks the game with Quinjet in the future. And then, you know, everyone will be howling, why didn't you change it last time? You know, where have we seen that story play out before? <laughs> Sorcerer's Apprentice, anyone? <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah how long did that take what like
2: six years. years it took years, six years. <laughs> people,
1: people were crying about it for years um and and sometimes it was valid and sometimes it was over the top but like quinjet is the sorceress <laughs> apprentice of marvel snap there i said it it can't be taken back
2: it's yeah. not as it's not as i don't know that it's as prevalent though right i mean if if i'm looking like not the yet. big the big bad yeah
0: but We're in the early days
2: but we are in the yeah, early days and, and we we've said this for years and we continue to say it mana cheat is is always like the danger zone and you know very fickle well yeah, it, yeah and it has to be super delicately done because when you can play you know your whole hand of zero cost cards it's like wow
1: even in magic like Leyline line of abundance and once upon a time like these cards are banned because you play them for free and they just blow out the game right like it's 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 a common theme in all card games or poro yeah. Cannon and rutera or you know anyways
2: i did um, want to talk about arrow a little bit though because yeah i yeah i just i mean i don't know i don't have any any real ideas here but but I can see this card potentially getting hit just because everybody screaming about it for a long time. Um, yeah, so
1: a- Arrow's interesting. I So in my prediction of nerfs, if they do anything to Arrow, I think they'll just move her down to her original power, which was six at launch. But here's the thing about Arrow. I think that Arrow is a very frustrating card to play for very specific types of decks. Decks that tend to go tall and not go wide. I mean, I've been playing um, the, the 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 Thanos deck, and while Arrow can be annoying, and you have to play around it, it's not backbreaking like it is with Galactus or Shuri, Red Skull, where you're playing like one or two key cards and juggling them around. Um, you know, are a big problem. I look, people hate this card, and, and 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 I played Galactus, and and I will not play that deck specifically because of Arrow, and mm-hmm. the people who play it and then emote you. Um, but I I do not think they're going to make any significant mechanical changes to Arrow. That's just my again, completely my guess. I could be dead wrong, but you know, I I think they're going to be very reluctant to. to do
2: You know, that. it's it's very interesting that you can com- sort of compare Arrow to cards like polaris or magneto Mm -hmm. and and i almost wonder not that i want it to happen because i I really don't i think arrow is like it's super frustrating i've lost to it i've won to it i've won using it um but like it it, it's it's a super impactful card um but it's sometimes it's what you need against a deck like shuri or galactus or or whatever um -hmm. you know can you play around it like Maybe it's tricky, I but it's interesting. Like, I take Magneto, and okay, it pulls three and four cost cards. Polaris pulls one cost. Like, they could one do one and two. Oh, I was at one and two. Like, they could do one or two. Yeah, they could do the same with Arrow. But
1: the difference between Arrow and Polaris and Magneto is that Polaris and Magneto are overstatted and Arrow's technically understatted. Although, to your point, I think Arrow could be a 5-5 and probably she'd almost see as much play as she does right now because people are not playing her for the power. Although power is kind of relevant because you're pulling things into that lane. And if you need to pull and win, Arrow can be a liability. But... um, you know, one thing that um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Hearthstone streamer, concerned mom suggested as a major frustration with Arrow, and this is potentially something that we can look at as a mechanical change, is that it's, it, it strikes him as unusual that Arrow will pull cards. That have not been revealed yet. So if you think like Gambit, Gambit can't destroy face-down cards. Magneto, Magneto can't pull face-down mm-hmm. cards because we can't qualify if it's a four or three cost. So a, a way to potentially nerf Arrow is to basically only pull cards that are face up. Mm-hmm. Although that would sign, that probably it makes would it kill unplayable. the card. The yeah. well, would card would the Yeah, because it, it...
0: it just couldn't work the way. Like the reason those other cards work that way is like one, they're overstatted. But two, like, it's it's a fundamentally different, like, direction with the card. Like, you can't really... If, like, let's say you make a change where arrow only moves when they've revealed, the, the card's just gone.
1: Like, it, it's not... There are only two cards that affect cards that haven't flipped yet. Arrow mm-hmm. and Juggernaut, I think, are the two yeah, that come to mind. Other...
0: So, like, I definitely get why it's a frustrating experience. But here's something that hasn't been brought up yet. And arrow is a consequence... Of the fact that the game has moved way more into slamming big things big, than being things. able to, yeah, than being able to go wide. So in beta, arrow was a five-six, but like we said, you're not playing here for the power. Why didn't Arrow see a ton of play in beta? The answer to that question, one of the main reasons was go wide zoo based strategies were way, way better in beta. A lot of the zoo stuff, a lot of the, the Sarah control stuff, those decks go really wide and they don't care a lot of the time about arrow. Like I've lost count of the amount of times using my like Mysterio and some other stuff to fill up on the final turn, They arrow. And I'm just like, nice arrow. Like it doesn't affect me at all. But as the game has developed, and this is why you actually see it not being as effective versus Thanos a lot of the time, because Thanos floods their board. It's one of the few decks that can actually get away with doing that. Uh, but Angela got hit. Uh, Bishop, this was before launch, got hit. A a lot of these cards that... Kazar got hit. A lot of these cards that promoted a powerful uh, board, like a wide board strategy, have gotten nerfed. And at the time, that made sense, because those strategies were very overly dominant. But the game has developed a lot since then, and now we've swung in the other direction. Where the big powerful strategies are just playing the biggest thing. She Hulk, Death, Null, uh, Dino, etc. Like those are the dominant strategies. Darkhawk, whereas decks aren't always filling the board because there's a downside to filling your board, right? Like you don't want to close off your lane because then if your opponent knows, all right, they only have ten power there, I just need to beat them on that. It's a pretty big downside. So the fact that like these these uh, very like point slam heavy decks have become the more popular stuff it's been a huge huge reason why arrow has been so popular and powerful because that she exists to kind of counter those decks essentially and i also think arrow lover or hater is the glue holding a lot of stuff together where if they hit arrow in some way and let's say they didn't address shuri properly it's gonna be really really bad because the only reason, like, the deck I played had any chance of beating Shuri was because I was able to arrow their big thing out of the Cosmo lane. Without that, there just wouldn't have been a chance. That's, like, the one way you can interact with the the really big point-slam Shuri deck. So it's like, I think there's a domino effect if you significantly change this card. And I'd rather them buff some of the go-wide strategies... Rather than say, like, oh, this card's too good. Well, we need to look at the reason why it's being so good. And I think it's in the context of the the fact that these go-wide decks aren't as good. Like, you know, a great example is it's not as popular anymore, but discard. When my opponent has, you know, they slam their big apocalypse and a bunch of swarms, arrow kind of sucks because they just fill up their lane with their swarms. And it's like, I
1: can't pull them. If they they hit... So what's preventing flood decks, right? Mm-hmm. Flood decks typically flood on six. Why yeah. can't we do that anymore? Because everyone's playing leech. So you know, if <laughs> if other decks come back, right? If decks <laughs> <Under> like Angela, <laughs> if if discard comes back, if Sarah Miracle comes back, if yeah. Zoo comes back, which I think is going to happen just with the cards that are being printed, all of a sudden Arrow nerfed or otherwise, you know, Arrow. I guess what you're what you're really saying. Is it's a tech card that's super premium right now to the mm-hmm. extent that it, it almost feels auto include, yeah. but it, it may not, depending on how things change. They have to kind of take all these things into account. Um, and, and this one more is why about yeah. Arrow,
0: I think would be really good. Very subtle thing. Uh, remove the randomness from what she pulls if a lane is full. I, I think giving people a way to like actually interact with her and how they play cards. So let's say I play three cards and they can only pull two of them to their arrow lane. Right now it's random. She just randomly picks two and pulls. I think what would be nice to enable some agency is have her pull in the order of cards played. So that way you, you make sure your thing you don't want moved is that third card you play. I think that would be a very subtle way to make it possible to play around her when you otherwise couldn't. And I think it would be less frustrating for both playing with and against her.
1: Yeah, a very, a very controversial card. Um, but mm-hmm. I think your point is well taken that it is a very necessary evil, um, at least in my view. That will probably diminish with a shifting meta.
2: Well, and I think we yeah. have to take into account potential like new, new cards and stuff also Uh when when we're thinking about you know what gets hit and how does that impact like kitty pride and and negasonic and whatever else is coming out um Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting do you think that there are any other contenders for uh nerf hits
1: the shuri deck Uh, yeah the shuri deck so we kind of focused on the thanos deck and then just a general powerful card the the shuri deck they said it's gonna get hit and so Definitely, um, some cards are going to get hit. What do we now, think? Most, from from so that... most people, yeah, most people think Shuri's going to get hit. I'm not so certain. Um, the data that I've seen um, on Snapfan, which you know is our best source for individual card data, seems to indicate that Sauron and Red Skull are problems. Now, I think that Sauron is. It, it, the sample size is so small because it's a series five card people don't have it <laughs>
2: what's a sauron <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> what's a
1: sauron but uh i think i think red skull red skull is like uh it's just gonna
2: leave him that size because that's, yeah, just, well, that's how big he redhead. is when he lands on my board every time
1: yeah <laughs> i mean so so let's go back to the lore thing right at 21 thanos edges out being the quote biggest card right multiplying effects get stronger the bigger the 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 value that's being multiplied 30 power is bonkers right now red yeah. skull does have a downside um but when that number doubles to 30 that downside becomes a lot less of a downside which is that it boosts the as an ongoing the attack of the opposing characters by 2 but keep in mind too that 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 to make matters worse because decks aren't going wide that, that that disadvantage is somewhat mitigated by that. But frankly, the fact that it goes to 30, it's mitigated. So I, I don't know what they do to Red Skull. I've seen different suggestions, uh, including making it plus three attack for opposing uh, characters, reducing the overall power of Red Skull. I, I don't know what they do, but I think that this is a card that I think likely gets adjusted.
0: Yeah. And another reason why I think that's going to happen is because Sherry. one, they don't like to change cards that have like a, a fun lore interaction, unless they really have to. Great example, Moon Girl Double Dino. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of people since launch are like, oh, Dino's overpowered. Surely they're going to come for Dino. But if they, they hit being able to get two Dinos with Moon Girl, that's like a fun little lore interaction. It's also powerful, but I think they value these things. And if A bunch of people in the past have said, oh, just put Shuri to five. I'd bet bet the whole house on that that's never going to happen, or at least not anytime soon. Because that effectively would completely murder the card. It also murders the interaction with Black Panther, um, and I don't think they want to do that. Shuri herself is a fun card. Shuri, I enjoy playing Shuri in a variety of decks where she's not doing things as broken as she is with Red Skull, like I like the the Quake Control deck where I get to double up my Captain Marvel and whatnot. It's the um, it's, it's
2: the Shuri Red Skull Taskmaster that yeah. like, and I can it's see power. It's, it's just too much. It's so funny because you the the like the lore element of it that probably I mean half the people playing may may not know about, but I love how like Shuri interacts with Black Panther. Like, mm-hmm. cool. Okay do we like to talk about, do we like to talk about Arnim Zola? Like, no, but, uh, (laughs) but, but it's the same with the moon girl, devil dino that maybe you wouldn't know if you didn't know the, the lore of the comics or whatever. It's, it's funny because you, you take like, if you really want to go down that road, I mean, you can start asking philosophical questions like, why isn't Red Skull in uh, Pool 5? Because he's one of the baddest characters ever in Marvel Dr. Comics. Dr. Doom.
0: Yeah, yeah. And but anyways.
2: Oh, that
1: is not a. am going to veto that topic. What <laughs> <Yeah>. qualifies <laughs> we'll to Save that for that. another time. We'll save that for the YouTube comments section. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. But, but in all candor, I think. I don't know what they're going to do, but I suspect this is uh, the card that takes the hit. Because exactly what you said, Nate. Red Skull going to thirty lets stupid things happen. Taskmaster gets to be a thirty and usually that comes down with like titania or zero. So you can like front like thirty-eight like so you know, like if you if you do Red Skull on mm-hmm. five and Taskmaster and and titania on on six like you're dropping like 65 power over two turns that is we talk about point slam like that's crazy
0: this is a big part of the reason why go wide strategies can't compete because you can't compete with 30 power things and the only way you can is if you like shang it or you valkyrie it but there's this lovely little dog named cosmo that says no, you can't do that. And there's no inter- there's no way to interact with that outside of Magneto pulling on six, which by then it's it's not relevant. So I think Red Skull is going to eat the hit. Um I think you just shrink his number a bit and maybe you also shrink how much you're boosting the opponent. So maybe you take him down to 11 or 12, but you only boost by one. Uh They could also make it less than five. I think they're going to keep it at five. I think that's the likely hit. Uh, There was one change I saw suggested for Shuri that I do think they could do. I don't think they're going to, but if they didn't want to change Red Skull for whatever reason, uh, I think the biggest reason this is so frustrating is because it's so hard to interact with. And a way they could change that is Shuri only buffing the thing that you play next in that lane. So this way, you can't just slam a Shuri in the right lane, and then slam your big dude in the Cosmo lane. Now you could still put it in the armor lane uh, and whatnot to protect it. And I think that's fine because armor is a lot easier to interact with than Cosmo is. Uh, I think it's a bit less eloquent and I don't think it's as likely, but if they wanted to change Shuri without murdering the card and setting it to five, uh, I think that's the, the way to do it. You just, you just make it. So it has to be, and this also enables other stuff you could do with her where, well, if I want, shuri to buff my big thing on the final turn i play in another lane after playing here so it, i don't think they're going to do this but if they wanted to adjust shuri while keeping the effect intact i think that's an option but i think red skull is going to be taking this it's
2: hit. it's tricky because want to
0: attack. yeah uh-huh. well that, that's not going to do anything but yeah
2: <laughs> it's tricky because of the way priority works right so yeah. you play shuri and then you play a you know a 30 attack red skull it doesn't matter if I play my Shang-Chi because their Zola is going to hit first, right? And then my Shang-Chi does nothing. So it, yeah, it's really tricky. It's really tricky.
0: Yeah, that's the other reason the deck's kind of frustrating to play around. Because while a lot of versions drop the Zola, you can't effectively play around Taskmaster and Zola at the same time. Now, usually you'll know if they're not going to Zola because they'll put it in an armor lane or a Cosmo lane, but it makes it incredibly hard to consistently play around this when it, it, you have to be like, well, I can try and play around Zola and then I lose to Taskmaster, or I try and play in Task around Taskmaster and then I lose to Zola. I think that you, you're just kind of like flipping a coin, taking a guess there, and that's never yeah. a great feeling. So I, I think really think it's just 30 powers too much. Um, Shuri, despite her being very good, isn't nearly as unfair in the... She sees play in a ton of decks. Yeah. And in most of those decks, it doesn't feel like she's doing the level of unfair, uninteractable stuff that she's doing in Shuri Zero. So I think that's, uh, I, I think that's why we're going to see Red Skull eat a change. Because 30 power is just, it's absurd. And the downside is very small by comparison.
1: As for other cards in the deck that get changed, I don't think that Sauron will get changed i think as no. sauron becomes more available its win rate will come down to earth and if red school um, get
0: changed like you it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter as much right like well they sees
1: play in that deck too well,
0: and,
2: and like looking at the tier lists on snap zone um like even like in shuri zero like they're not playing sauron anyways in the deck that they've got listed right now and and maybe that's because nobody has it i don't know Well, that's
0: part of the the reason it's low population. And uh, uh, F4 all day makes a good point here, too. Sometimes when you try and play around the Red Skull, like I mentioned with, like, arrowing their thing on five, sometimes they just go Shuri into pass into one-cost 20-power She-Hulk and then copy it with Taskmaster. And so that's another situation where it's like you're basically taking a 50-50 on do I believe they're going to play the Red Skull or do I believe they're going to pass, and especially yeah. if they have Sunspot and get a benefit for passing? And it's like, there's not really a great way to make that read. You're just kind of taking a guess. There's not something that is necessarily telling you, like, yeah, maybe if they have a Sunspot, it's more likely they could do that. But you don't know. Like, we don't know. You're It's so, the same kind of thing as Zola, where it's like you're taking a
1: 50-50. So here, here is a, a bit of an out there potential nerf. Um, and I don't think this targets this deck specifically, although it would impact it. Mm-hmm. I think that She-Hulk is a card that potentially could be changed. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has... Oh. I don't know. I don't know how. But <laughs> they've, they, they've said that it's something they're watching. And like there's so many shenanigans that you get by skipping turn 5 that involve She-Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even so if you nerf Red Skull... The whole, like, Shuri on four, pass on five, you know, 220s and a and, and bunch of other crap become still a thing. I, I think this is probably less likely. I think yeah. that they'll probably make the, the, the big hit first and then see what happens, but... Yeah. You know, I think that um uh, what would they do to She Hulk? I mean they could make her a nine that would make her value drop oh, considerably. I, don't know. <laughs> so
0: I think I I think nine's way too much looking at like death and whatnot. I think if you if they wanted to go that route. No like no no something... no
1: not not the energy. Oh I mean, nine power. power. Oh, nine okay. power, okay. Yeah, 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 No, yeah, they wouldn't make her 12, I don't I don't think uh, they changed the I don't think they changed the cost because then if you draw her naturally on six she's unplayable. I think that would it, no, De- Death's a very different card because like, the, the discount is not turn by turn. It's it's cumulative over the whole game. No, I, I think they could maybe nudge the power down a little bit. I, I don't think it'll happen, but I do know it's yeah. a card that, again, it's a mana cheat card or an energy cheat card, and it's something that they've said they're keeping an eye on. You can take that for whatever that's worth. But I mean, I think that She-Hulk, ever since it's been released, has been a powerful, high-tier almost ubiquitous card in multiple deck archetypes you know you talk about design space and and she hulk is always a consideration that needs to be made Mm. uh so i I, this is like one of those like out there picks i if i had to bet money on it i'd say probably no but i think that it's probably like she hulk and arrow are kind of like the 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 out there like they might do something maybe very minor if at all they don't
2: feel as as like necessary though i don't know it's it's the mana cheat that that's that's i think more egregious um
0: i'd agree with that like i i don't think she i think she hulk is like uh very powerful but also like there i found a lot of situations where sometimes like it's it's more awkward than you would think when you try and like set up a she hulk and also she hulk's one of those things where if you're passing on five then you're like really susceptible to getting arrowed um, which is then when priority ends up mattering, because um, sometimes you can do, you know, the uh-huh. little pass into
1: She-Hulk Arrow. This is the domino effect you were talking about. If they hit Arrow, then then does She-Hulk become too strong? Like all these things kind of cascade. So I, I think that 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 their changes are going to be, um, you know, if they're targeting just those two decks, like they said, then Arrow and She-Hulk are generally powerful outside of those decks. I think it's less likely. So. Uh, but I just wanted to call yeah. it out because it's something that I've been kind of thinking about and, and watching. Um,
0: I hope we get buffs, too. Like, we don't have to speculate or anything. I just want to say I hope that I was really pleased we saw buffs last patch, even though they were small. Um, I really actually liked their Spider Woman buff, even though it was, like, a small thing. I've actually played with the card a few times, and it feels a bit better, and it's out of that. People in the Agatha Chang-ching. deck now. <laughs> so, Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's one thing, and, you know, one of the... Uh, the the main uh, like head lead designer person I'm pretty sure Glenn um, mentioned like people have been asking him about buffs and I think that's something we really like that's also a way to help counteract these these point slam strategies is buff some of the cards that give us a reason to to go wide again and then all of a sudden arrows not as ubiquitous because arrow has trouble like the decks arrow has trouble being good against are too weak compared to the the big points that you get out of thanos I, and sure. Like your whatnot.
1: suggestion you've suggested on multiple occasions that they could look at previous nerfs from um, before launch in the beta as potential areas to look at at buffing cards right Yeah, it's it
0: changed nerfs. a lot where back yeah. then those were very powerful and a lot of the big power stuff wasn't quite as good now we have a lot of these big power contenders so maybe these cards can come back. Like, I think it wasn't unreasonable to nerf Angela when they hit her, but the game has changed a lot since then. Uh, Same with, like, Bishop. Um, Like, there are just quite a few cards now, not all of them, of course, but uh, I think that's a way where they could keep, because, like, as many people hate Arrow, like, on the other side of the coin, a lot of people also love the effect. The effect would just be less polarizing if it wasn't so good against the majority of the decks. So I think that really, like, uh, it... I think that would be a way, and I think you get a lot less angry people when you're buffing cards and they're making more of our collection usable than taking cards away. And they've kind of been, aside from like the leader change, which was an outlier, they've been pretty good about keeping cards alive. And they specifically said when they nerfed like Zabu and Surfer, we don't want to delete cards. That is not our goal or intention. And I was really happy to see that because so that is one kind of the of things. Delete
1: server, but
0: well, at our rank, maybe a little <laughs> bit, but I think that's also the context of the meta. But I've seen yeah. a fair amount of people actually get to infinite width server post change and whatnot. So it's like, and someone asked. Uh, Glenn recently like, hey, are you do you guys like consider reevaluating cards that you previously nerfed like Angela like Surfer and he was basically like they are not off the table at all. We evaluate all the cards, even ones we've previously nerfed, but the cards they mentioned in specific like Angela like Surfer he said it's they still are looking like powerful enough and playable enough to where right now they don't see that as a priority having to change those again uh but they're not off the table just because they they changed them once doesn't mean they're not gonna going to reevaluate them but i really value this mindset because one of the things that really pushed me away from constructed hearthstone was the fact that a lot of cards just get like a card is op and i get it you gotta you gotta adjust op cards uh because you need the metagame to breathe and develop but a lot of times they take an op card and make it unplayable and yep. that's a bad experience and that really pushed me away because and i don't want that with snap like I, I want most of the cards to still be i want more of my collection to be usable because oh, we have what like 150 200 cards, some something like that yeah can i soapbox for a handful yeah go for it
2: just for like 30 seconds because i was so mad when they did this like it, when in hearthstone and i i shouldn't i won't spend more than like one minute on this but like the the design philosophy that like we're gonna nerf this card because it's seeing too much play I'm like well why did you make it the free card for the set then or like yeah the card that this entire set is themed around and then make it broken and then the rationale like the dev comments were like oh uh, this card is seeing uh t- too, its t- time in the sun it's seeing too much play at all levels of of gameplay and we decided to shake up the meta i'm like what what <sighs> no the the rationale you guys are playing the card too much so we're gonna we're gonna make it bad so you guys don't play it anymore like
1: they can't do that in snap i mean even if they wanted to which they shouldn't because it's bad and i agree with you nate but they really can't do that in snap because of their horrendous acquisition model that i still dislike because i mean you said it yourself i'm getting you you have shuri pinned you you just got thanos they're going to they're going to hit those two decks and and so you're only getting the opportunity to play with those cards now at the cusp of this change i mean how like a lot of people bought thanos cuz he's cool i was one of them A lot of people recently bought him because he was the the meta card, right? And you Mm -hmm. can't discount those people that that had to wait their turn to play it because they're either free to play or they started the game after. Oh, my gosh. If
2: I paid like $100 to, to play Thanos and then he got nuked to unplayability, I would be pissed.
1: I mean, there are going to be a lot of angry people no matter what. I mean, like, you know, when it comes to Shuri or, or, or any of these cards. There is one other card they could potentially touch that I forgot about. I think this is also unlikely, but probably more likely than, than She-Hulk. And that is the space stone for Thanos, the blue stone. The
2: one that lets you move a card? The one yeah.
1: that lets you move a card out. And, and so the, the reason is is because, so when you look at Lockjaw... Right, you you throw in space stone and three other cheap cards. You pull out a bunch of big stuff. You move lockjaw to another lane, and then you do it all over again. Right, or you you get um you know uh Thanos pop out, and then you move Thanos into Cosmos Canyon or 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 Sanctum Santorum or whatever. That it's a really strong effect. Um, I I think it's less likely they they do, they touch it. Um, they could change it so that it it pulls things in. They could change it so it does like an iron fist type of interaction where it bumps the next thing out i i don't know i i think that if they hit lockjaw and leech then then space stone still is very good but like maybe not as much um i've seen other people suggest that maybe the stones don't draw anymore or they cost two i don't think they're gonna do that because that makes thanos unplayable to your point nate if they make thanos unplayable there's going to be blood in the streets. Um, so oh, yeah. I, I think they'd be <laughs> very reluctant to affect Space Stone. And Zombies, you made this point. I don't know if you made it on this podcast because we've been live for, for like three hours um, or a, a different forum. I think it was a different forum. Um, Space Stone is like cool in in go-wide Thanos decks, but not to the same value it has with Lockjaw. So if you take yeah. tamper Lockjaw, very then the value job. of it goes down. Because yeah. in a Zoo deck... Moving things around is convenient, but it, it it becomes actually probably one of the lesser valuable stones, and soul and and uh, and mind and and uh, reality become probably a lot more of the of the ones you're digging for. And time, yeah. you're always digging for time. Like but. you
0: could change the the move stone, but I do think it becomes a lot less necessary to change it if the the lockjaw stuff. Be- becomes slower and less consistent because that's the big issue right you you get a big bunch of big stuff in one lane and with the pool three lockjaw deck well that's that's great but you can only do it in one lane that's kind of the the weakness of it right you still have to fight for the other lanes well with the thanos deck you get a bunch of big stuff and then you just move your jaw somewhere else and do it all over again or you move your big thing uh if if that's the route you want to go and it's just i've seen some suggestions you make the blue stone like an iron fist and while I think that would help with the Thanos deck that we have currently, I don't know if they need to make that change if they make other changes to the deck.
2: I so- wonder if you take the space stones, because the stones draw each other, and I think that's makes a lot of sense Like from a lore perspective, right? The stones want to be together, but... Yeah. But uh, you know, instead of maybe draw a stone, maybe it says draw a card. Uh, that maybe that changes well, things. Only one but...
0: stone that draws the other stones, right? All yes, the other ones is draw a card. Oh, so is, the is, thing, yeah. You just the there's so about, much
2: cycle. I guess it's yeah part of it. It's it's all it's it goes back deck. to lockjaw, though, right? But right? it's very like, different playing. What is it? It's an 18 card deck, right? Instead of 12, so
0: if uh, yeah, six more stones. So yeah, 18. The so here's the thing, right? Being not to get too into the big bad stuff, but each one of the Perma Series 5 cards fundamentally break the game or do something you can't normally do in the game. For Thanos, that's drawing cards. You don't draw many cards in Marvel Snap. And that's why I think so many people have fun with Thanos because people yeah. like drawing cards. It's fun. But you can't really print a lot of those effects in this game with a 12-card deck.
1: Because Adam then... Warlock is in the corner crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: card sucks. Um... And it's kind of crazy because
0: good in galactus
1: well it's yeah it's good in galactic
2: it, it's a yeah it's so funny to me how some of these cars land like right on in terms of like the the lore right what they do and some of them are so weak and that's why i loved the buff to wolverine like great is playable now like it's not the best or anything but it's playable and now i see it pretty regularly in destroy type decks And then you take a card like Captain America that just is bad. I mean, I understand in the right thing, but, or or even, you know, Adam Warlock is a pretty iconic character and the card is just not good. Now I understand it's, it's got a a function in Galactus decks, but like for the, you know, 75% of players who don't own Galactus or whatever the percent is, you know, I really don't know, but some of the, the, the more difficult to obtain cards um, I don't know. I got, I got the other day. What it, was it like lamentous one where it, mm-hmm. or, or it was one of those, it like, it fills your, it wasn't lamentous one. It was a different one where it fills your card with, with random, fill your, fill your uh, hand uh, with random cards.
1: In. Yeah. Yep. I scale in.
2: And then, and then what happened was then the next one opened up and it was lamentous one. And so I got a, <laughs> I got a randomly <laughs> gen- generated Galactus. Um, oh my God. A, And then the decks got nuked and I ended up playing it and winning. It was hilarious, but like, felt like a god gamer it was wonderful but uh, it just doesn't it, it's tricky um
0: yeah it's it's definitely possible that adjusting the draw and Thanos could be something to do but i think i don't think that should be their first approach i think they should make
2: the these, elegant these other solution is it, it's such it an easy first. fix to take to take lockjaw uh and, and just bump them up one mana and see if that fixes things and sometimes we we've seen it a lot again in in hearthstone um, where they'll adjust a card by by one mana and you think that like, oh, that's not enough. It's not going to do the trick. And then it turns out like, oh, that that was enough. And sometimes you don't mm-hmm. need to nuke the card to the point of unplayability. You just need to, to, to tamper it a little bit. And again, I'm relatively new to the Thanos deck, but often I'm asking myself in the first couple of turns, if, if I haven't drawn Lockjaw, do I want to sit on the stones or do I want to play them to, mm-hmm. to try to draw more cards? And it's a, there's a fine line there, but the deck in its current iteration really performs at such a different level with yeah. Lockjaw than it would otherwise. That, that seems like- uh, He
0: juices the draw of the stones, right? Like, Dark Darkhawk oh should be God. like a, a counter, right? Like uh, Thanos is a big deck, so Darkhawk should be good against it. But oftentimes, because of Lockjaw, they are cycling and pulling stuff out of their deck and cycling more. So it actually... I, I see Thanos decks get down to a smaller deck size than normal decks sometimes when they start with six more cards. And the big reason for that is not just because the stones are cycling it's because of the mana cheat with either lockjaw or quinjet uh, and or both but i really do think lockjaw's a big one cuz not only are you you're drawing a card you're getting the effect but you're you're pulling another thing out of the deck and that could even be a stone and while it's not as good as your big things it keeps you cycling uh that's why dino's so good in it cuz you always have a big hand cuz you're always drawing um so i do think that uh, I like the wait and see on adjusting the draw because it's possible the draw isn't as crazy as it is right now. Because uh, like I've played a lot of not lockjaw Thanos and you do not cycle nearly as quickly as you do it, then uh, in the current iterations of with lockjaw. Like it's it feels like a totally different thing. And the when when you have a card like these stones, the the designers talked about this where. The less numbers that are on a card, the harder it is to change, right? Mm-hmm. Like She-Hulk is a six ten. There's a lot they can do there to change that card if they wanted to, for example. The the stones they're one ones. Uh, they they really like their options of changing the the power or the the cost are much less. I mean, yeah, maybe you can change the effect. But like in terms of just raw numbers, there's a lot less numbers for them to work with. Like they brought up Wasp as an example. Let's say Wasp is overpowered. How do you change that card? There's only, like, what you're you're gonna make it a one cost? Or you're gonna make it a zero power? Like you, there's just not much to tweak. So I think that's kind of a challenge with uh with balancing the stones. But the funny uh, thing, like
2: Wasp isn't that good on her own, aside from make you know, Patriot decks or whatever. But like it's another one of those. It's a lockjaw enabler, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's fine. Like it, it the the Thor version of Lockjaw has always been like a, a solid deck, but it's never been so consistent to where it's this top tier, top meta thing. It's it's viable, it can compete with a bunch of the other pool of three decks, and that's great. And I think even if they did bump Lockjaw, I don't think that deck dies. I think it becomes a little bit slower. Um, and it's a shame one deck takes a hit. Uh, for another deck, but it's also for the future, right? Like, this, uh, I joke about, I I love Cerebro decks, and there's the the Doofenshmirtz meme of, if I had a nickel every time Cerebro 5 got indirectly murdered by a nerf to another card, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird it's happened twice. Hmm. And that was with Angela, and then the change to Angela, Sarah, and Silver Surfer, killed two different versions of Cerebro 5 that I really loved. And that and was Mysterio. never... Yeah, and Mysterio. That's another one. And those nerfs were not targeting that deck, because it wasn't a meta deck, but it was kind of collateral damage. And so I think you're always like at risk of that kind of happening. And I really do think, the even though it might be a little bit slower, I don't think it deletes the Thor version of Lockjaw. Because you can still go Thor on 3, Lockjaw Wasp on 4... Jane on five to draw your your hammer. Slam the hammer into the the lockjaw on the final turn. Maybe some other small things. Or like it, I don't think it totally kills the deck. Uh, but the hard it does the hard slower. truth
1: is this: we look at the meta right now. <laughs> it's a two deck meta, and I think what's going to happen is as the the next ten days progress, mm-hmm. it's going to permeate to other segments of the ladder that have been somewhat left have been left untouched by this. Wow, that's cerebro uh, variant. <laughs> I kind of, I, I, I kind of need it now. Um, but you know, I think that 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 if some collateral damage is done to fundamentally make the meta more diverse, then it has to happen. If the deck that I enjoy playing Thanos Lockjaw isn't quite good enough anymore, so that other people can enjoy the game, you know, I think that's okay too. So I, I think that we've touched on a lot of cards. Um, will they all get nerfed? No. It will be interesting when we meet up again in two weeks to to review how right we were, how how close we were, and how far off we were. Um, We can grade ourselves, and I think that'll be a fun exercise. Um, Before we wrap, um, well, before we move on to the next thing, are there any final thoughts on nerfs in the meta? I think that uh, I I believe I've personally beat the horse to death, um, but... uh, uh, any any final thoughts before we move on?
2: All I want to say very quickly is that I think that the the meta there's just there's a big shift depending on where you are on the ladder, and so the 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 lower finishing players, myself included, I think are seeing a little bit more diversity. I'm still seeing plenty of the top tier meta decks. I mean, you take take a look at Marvel Snap Zone and anything like all their tier lists. Like I'm seeing all of them, which is interesting um the most You'll common see that
1: diversity diminish as time goes on though it's true tournament
0: today too and the top four decks are all the thanos lockjaw decks.
1: <laughs> yeah that was hilarious
0: it was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> one of their i think it was loot muncher was like yeah we had this awesome event thanks for everyone for participating uh look below to the thread to see how different the tournament meta game is uh from ladder and then it's just like a he's like just kidding it's exactly the same <laughs>
2: So I'm seeing uh, the Lockjaw Thanos, Shuri Zero, um, a little bit of the Sarah control, but not a ton. Um, Some of the Electro Sandman Ramp. In fact, I played a ton of it and did really well with it last last time. A good amount of Galactus, uh, a good amount of Death Wave, a good amount of Mm. the Discard Dracula. And I think that some of those are just, they're more accessible. Still seeing very little Darkhawk very little um lockjaw thor a, a little bit but not that much because I, I don't think it's performing very well um
0: there's just no reason to play it if you have the thanos version yeah like i mean not everyone does of course and uh, and i do want to say like your point nate about like ah oh, i knew the nerf was coming because i just got the card i've seen that so many places and i like it's a very reasonable feeling to be like man this kind of sucks like people are complaining about this card and by the time i get it like it's going to get changed and I think the anger is often misdirected there at like people are angry that they're making changes when what they should be angry about is that the progression is so slow that by the time you get access to the card, changes are being made. It's like we're beta testing the cards before the general population gets them. And that leaves a very weird feeling for a lot of players who don't, want to spend all this money on the game uh, where it's like, you know, it's like, think about all the free to play players who they just, they, they got dunked on by Zabu for a month and they never even got to try it. So yeah, it's like,
1: our, our friend, uh mortal wombat just pinned Zabu today for the first time. Oof.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah. I think the, the anger is a little misdirected there. I think people would have a lot less frustration with them balancing certain cards if they didn't feel kind of like second class citizens, because they get them so much later so i'm hopeful that their changes about acquisition can kind of help uh help with that
2: i feel so privileged to have been able to play Zabu when it was broken now that month was pretty brutal i had a lot of fun but it was uh yeah i i it's such a bummer getting the card after it's already changed and you're like oh well this card's not good anymore so like not excited about it. I like Zabu better yeah.
1: now than than before, but the the point's Me still too. well taken right. that 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 but yeah is an unlikely situation. The more likely is that they'll they won't have the same impact or excitement.
2: Leader, oh gosh, leaders, yeah, that's... Well, no,
1: no one, no one, no one ever liked playing leader. Everyone hated leader. Anyone who said they liked leader was just doing it for clicks. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Banks. I know, Banks. You never liked leader. I'm call, I'm calling you out. <laughs> um but yeah no i leader is a good example d money
2: made a song about it did you hear that
1: it it, cool. yeah it was I great did, yeah that was very fun it was he, uh he made a follow-up for leech as well oh yeah. did he i have
2: not listened to it yet it's funny
0: <laughs> yeah i think leader think leader would be good in this meta so like the thing is leader doesn't really actually do good into the lockjaw decks right because if you're unless you have priority And even if you do a priority, you're just getting what? They're stones? You're not getting the things they pull out. So I I don't even think Old Leader would actually be... I mean, maybe against some of the other stuff, but again, another counter to Leader used to be Taskmaster. So funnily enough, I think the the two top decks would actually kind of clown on even unnerfed Leader, which is kind of (laughs) terrifying.
1: It just goes to show you how far we've fallen in such little time. Um, But if you're looking to climb seriously over the next two weeks, while there's certainly other options, these are probably going to be the two decks you face the most. Get used to them. If you think that you're on the lower side of the ladder, so this possibly couldn't affect you negatively, you'll see the population of these two decks increase significantly until they get nerfed because they're just such power outliers. Uh, and that's where we are right now—a two-deck polarized meta that's just taken over ladder, and uh, the patch, balance patch, can't come fast enough. Uh, fast yeah, enough. Yeah, as as
0: I, I think that it's un—it's really unfortunate that their uh, their technology isn't working for these over-the-air changes for this, because I have no doubt in my mind it, they would do something sooner if it was a possibility. And I think we're gonna see. I'm hoping that like this serves as kind of a a learning experience in a way where this has sucked a lot of the fun out of the a new season and so hopefully you know we can see lessons learned from that like we need to not be like quite as behind on like the the pulse of where things are going for whatever reason that is whether that's technical limitations or data stuff or could be any number of reasons um but like i think it's really important for them to kind of be able to see stuff coming a little bit sooner so that way they know like hey we need to make a change around when the season started because we we saw this with the we they we saw they had a a backlogged patch for right before the Modoc season and they knew it wasn't enough and they were like, look, we locked this in before, but we know these two other cards need to be changed and they're going to be changed. And they got changed, what, like two or three days into the season. Imagine yeah. for a second that the Modoc season, imagine if we half of that season, uh, we had to wait half of that season before Zabu and Surfer changes. I don't think people would have been very happy with it.
2: Yeah. I think the, it would
0: have been real bad.
2: Like one of the biggest Hearthstone memes, right, is like small indie company. But Mm. when, but when we talk about second dinner, like it is a small indie company, it legit is a small indie company. And I think people sometimes myself included have unrealistic expectations. Like, yeah, I, this thing is broken and I want to fix right now. And you're talking about They've got stuff like lined up to go, but it takes time. Things have to get into the queue. And sometimes things don't work. I I mean,
1: As a denizen of the internet, it is my right and responsibility to have unrealistic expectations, be negative about things all the time, look for clouds in every silver lining, and get more cynical with each passing day. Yep. You have the I complain on the internet title, don't you? (laughs) Uh, I don't. But I have uh, this matchmaking sucks, so I, I use ah, that that's another one, anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, no, I'm glad you brought that up, Nate. I think it's true that, like, we have these expectations, right? Because, you know, Ben Brode was, like, the face of Hearthstone for a long time. Marvel is a hugely popular and successful IP. And uh, it, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, we have these expectations. But I do think, you know, it's, it's a newer game. It's a smaller company. And I think... This first you know year or so, we're gonna see a lot of growing pains. Like I I played Hearthstone back in 2014, shortly after it launched, and anyone who played back then can remember it went through a lot of growing pains at the start. Um, so I I think that's kind of just part of the you know they're getting their footing, and it's going to take time for some of this stuff to become more optimized and streamlined. And uh, yeah. obviously, it feels bad when stuff like this happens, but I don't think it's it's not happening for like a malicious reason. It's not happening because they're planning it this way. It's I think there's just a lot of uh, I I think there's a lot of growing and like it's it's like this gets brought up in software a lot. And I'm sure you're more than familiar with this blue where it's like uh, the the people who are buying the software, the people at the top, they're like, why can't I just throw more money at this problem and make it go away faster? And usually that, that just isn't really how it works. Uh, you know, a lot of people think it would that work that way. That but doesn't it, stop it people doesn't.
1: from, uh, from indulging yeah. <laughs> in such notions. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, um, before we wrap, um, I have an important show announcement to make, uh, crit- critical announcement. Um, so long time friend of born to be wild and, um, well, new friend of Born to be Cosmo, because we've only been doing this for uh, a couple months. Altino, uh, his dog Snow came to pay us a visit. And (laughs) it was remarkable how much snow resembled Cosmo, save for the spacesuit. Although I think the jacket in the photo is uh, a little bit more adorable than the spacesuit. (laughs) So I have unilaterally declared snow to be the official mascot of born to be cosmo everyone say hey to snow (laughs) that's a great choice adorable dog yeah we need to uh,
2: i i can photoshop that i'll i can make it happen
1: oh i like it an an ambitious photoshop um yeah i won't
2: even be that hard we'll 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 do it we'll do it I'll, i'll i might need a couple more photos but we'll make it happen
1: Nobody. El Tino took a trip, uh, a road trip uh, this past uh, uh, few months ago and uh, took snow with him and uh, they, they had photos of all the different countries he traveled through with snow and I was a big, I was a big fan. So um, anyways, uh, we're all big fans of snow and El Tino um, and, and, and now I'm excited to see Nate's Photoshop wizardry with the Cosmo snow mashup. That's going to be awesome.
2: Oh, we'll, um, we'll make it happen. El-, El Tino is a, is a, is a great guy. We had him on born to be wild. Uh, he has forever impacted our show because we changed our, our old um, Mergle to, to the new Mergle. He surprised us all. We asked him if he had any shout outs before we left the show and he goes, yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to, uh, <laughs> 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 we just lost it. It was so great. It's so funny. It was... <laughs> <laughs> And now
1: is a regular part of the soundboard. Um, but, yeah, he's been playing a lot of Snap, Big Sarah, Control Enjoyer, um, you know, grinding ladder, trying to hit Infinite like the rest of us. Um, and, uh, yeah, happy to have him be part of the community with us. Oh, And uh, Snow as well. Um, yeah. Just want to give a, a, a thank you to to everyone that, that stayed with us through this lengthy show. We knew it was going to be a long one because there was so much to talk about. Um, everyone that tunes in um, when we go live as always and those that stuck around from the zombies KM Best uh, and other raids that came in really really appreciate that Um, and uh, before we wrap uh, just the usual um, socials uh, plug um, Nate, uh, where can people find you if they wish to interact with you as they should on the internet?
2: Oh yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I haven't been as active the last couple of weeks, but if you want to follow me there, it's at Nate Wolf, TCG, T-C-G. Um, I run a, a Marvel or excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a hearthstone wild hearthstone podcast on Friday evenings called born to be wild, which is where our, our kind of name was, was, uh, born. But, anyways, uh, yeah, typically Friday nights here on, on Twitch. And uh, we do have a Discord for the Born to Be Wild. Um, born to Be Wild HS.com is our website, and all the links to all the stuff is there. So if you enjoy that, we are running a, a, a wild Hearthstone tournament series right now it is free to enter if anyone is interested uh we just wrapped up week one but it's not too late to join if you want to check that out um all the details are on our website again borntobewildhs.com thanks for having me though i i really enjoy this and this is the you know i for a long time i only played hearthstone and now i play hearthstone and snap and i play snap is a lot more fun than hearthstone don't don't tell anyone i said that but
0: um i'm really i'm really enjoying it it.
2: part of, I think, you know, the, the games being so short and I can play it on mobile and I just really enjoy it. And being a long time, like comic book nerd, like I really have fun seeing the different variants and, and seeing the, the combinations of cards. and this is just a wonderful game and it's brought a lot of people together. So I'm really enjoying hanging out with you guys doing the show. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no, we enjoy it as well and appreciate you, Nate. Um, allowing us uh, and, and, and also thanks to Electric Sheep City and, and Hydrolysk for letting us share the same space, uh, same name, um, you know, same production values, same formula that's, that's made your other podcasts so enjoyable um, for all these years. Uh, appreciate the, the support and camaraderie and uh, it, it's nice that we're able to uh, indulge in both uh, both projects. Um, yeah, zombies, where can folks uh, interact with you? So uh, you can find me over
0: on YouTube. Zombies go nom nom. Zombies with an S is uh, what I use for YouTube and Twitter. I'm actually pretty active on Twitter, putting out decks, putting out some some fun memes. There's a, there's a spicy one about the new Wolverine uh, profile picture. That's a little uh, less than PG uh, for the show. So if you want to see something funny, you can head over there. Um, other than that, uh, I do stream on Twitch over at Zombies with a Z. Go nom nom on uh, Twitch, kind of. I took a few days off because uh, the meta was frustrating me, and I don't really like to stream if I'm gonna be like in a bad mood. Um, but <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing it yesterday, and I'll probably do it again after the show if you guys are still around, do some co-oping or something. Um, and the the big thing that I'm excited for is been working on this project, a uh, a lore video going over you know the lore and snap. Uh, I really feel what Nate said, like I I wasn't like a super big. Comic person, but funnily enough, like by playing the game, I've been more interested in the comics and whatnot. So it's actually got me reading some of these comics and interested in the lore. And so uh, sometime like earlier mid next week, putting up a lore video for Arrow that I'm really excited about. It's one of the bigger production value things. I've uh, tried to do something different because I think a lot of people are interested in the lore, and especially some of these characters. Arrow is a great example, like. Who? How many people? What we have? One hundred and fifty-nine people here. Uh, I bet you, like, not even five of the people here have n- n- like know much about Arrow. Like, no, her and- sort of first introduction, even like super people who knew the comics and everything.
2: She's relatively um, new, considering a lot of the characters that have been around for such a long time. Um, she's relatively new to the space and even then it was a pretty limited run. Um yeah. and just to to tout like I've seen the the preview of of the video and it's it's amazing. I just want to give you like I your I it
1: too. It like you, it's very very minute. good. It's it's we, we saw the first minute and and I I got into it that when the minute was up and it was kind of hard cut I was like what what what? That <laughs> was so what's disappointing. Happening? Yeah, no. it was yeah, sad. Yeah, I, I I, I yeah so it's very I, engaging really zombies it's it, so. yeah. it's very
2: good yeah
1: i'm,
0: glad I'm to hear it, for it and too i can't wait to share it with everybody because i i think one of the best things you can do in content creation is find something that you know is a bit different you know everyone's doing gameplay everyone's doing deck guides and that's great i like doing that but i think it's more fun and more beneficial to try and like do something not everyone else is doing and i think a lot of people really like the lore stuff, and you know, one of the common questions Ben Brode got a lot. I've watched a bunch of his podcasts or podcasts he's been guests on, and people always ask him, like, "Ben, aren't you worried you're going to run out of Marvel characters to make into cards?" And he always, uh, maybe you want to hit the the laugh button here. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he always laughs. At it. He's like, no, like there's so many obscure yeah. characters they can use. And Marvel is also making new characters a lot. He's like, that's like the least of our concerns is running out of people to do cards on. And so I, I can't wait to cover a lot of the, especially the more recent stuff where most people don't know about it, like, and stuff like arrow or null or these characters who haven't been in the MCU. So given that's where a lot of people know the Marvel stuff. Um I think it'll be neat to be able to share the lore and all that kind of fun stuff uh with the the larger audience.
2: Oh my gosh, it uh, just going on a super tiny tangent. Um Brian Michael Bendis is a just a phenomenal comic book author and he took over the new Avengers in Oh gosh, when when was it? Kind of mid. Uh, what is it? Like maybe 20 uh, 2015, 2017-ish. I don't know anyways. He so it was right after um all the 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 Scarlet Witch stuff and the Avengers had disbanded and they put him in charge of the Avengers and he created a comic called The New Avengers and it was amazing. Such a good a good comic book. But anyways, it was so funny because he revitalized all of these characters that hadn't been in anyone's mind for 30 plus years. Right. And mean took these characters that were like lost to oblivion and turned them like really cool again. And so, you, you know, you, you bring up that question about like, oh, you think you will ever run out of characters? Not a chance. And when you do, they resurrect some obscure character that nobody's ever heard of and make it into a powerhouse card and they could do that all day and we just started seeing it with the marvel movies the the newer um movies starting to incorporate some of these brand new characters stature and america chavez and they could do this all day long no problem
0: yeah it's it's nice to hear that you know they've said a bunch of times they want this to be you know like a 10 plus year game and what looking the back to hearthstone hearthstone just what turned nine (laughs) so i i think this game does have i think a bright future ahead of it and uh we're just kind of in that early growing pain section but i i i wouldn't put uh, i mean i do content creation full-time i wouldn't you know bet all the the cards on something i didn't believe in and i definitely believe in this game in the
1: long term as do we all um i never really was into Marvel IP. Still, I enjoy it, but I'm still not, you know, as into it as maybe you are, Nate. Um, but definitely the, the bones of the game are strong. And um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I also think that we're going through some growing pains. Uh, finally, um, you can interact with me on Twitter. I threw it in the chat before, B-L-U-T-R-A-N-E. Also, be sure to follow the show's account, uh, twitter.com born to be cosmo one word uh spelled as you would expect um we do some announcements uh and some other content we post up there and uh as for us we uh, we are we have the youtube as well youtube born to be cosmo for those that can't catch us live also we have audio editions that come out on um, anchor spotify and itunes as well if you prefer to listen to us on the go um so we have those options as well um and we're 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 tackling this twice monthly so today is the 11th we will be back on the 25th same time 7 p.m. pacific 10 eastern where we will be talking about all of the events that come up but i think the thing to really look out for is how well we did with the nerf predictions and um, oh that'll the, be fun you know, and, yeah. and it's going to be shortly after we believe it will be released. But you know what impacts we see in the early days of those changes—if it had the liberating effect that we had hoped, or, or maybe it didn't quite deliver what we wanted. So we'll we'll be reviewing that. Um, that said, for everyone who stuck through the, the the three hours we've been on for, really big thanks. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and can't wait to catch you next time on Born to Be Cosmo. Cosmo. <laughs> 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 uh will